You have just entered the Katie Ma podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the KB Mod Podcast, episode 228. It is March 20th, 2016, and uh, I'm your cast for this evening. Uh, I'm, this is Brandon, obviously. I don't know, if it's, if it's your first episode, maybe that's not obvious. Uh, maybe someone tuned in and they, they don't know who this is. So I'm Brandon, I'm joined by, uh, by Katie Zen and Brad, aka Hutchison15, uh, Scott is not with us this evening. Uh, he has personal stuff to attend to, so it's just us three. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing, I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm doing good as well. Um, nice. Well, we were just talking about uh, Ultra, the music festivals on this evening, and uh, that's I had to I had to turn that stream off just to broadcast this evening. But I I really want to be watching Ultra. I've been watching it a bunch this weekend, uh, even though I was traveling. So I was watching it a bunch on my phone. Uh, it was it was not optimal. But uh, what what have you guys been up to? I guess we'll get right into it. I just got done with um, finals. I only have one more term left, and then nice. um, you're about to yeah. graduate, right? Yeah, I graduate in the spring, so I'm scrambling to be honest. <laughs> um, but then, um, yeah, I, I guess that's really all I've been doing. Um, just finishing up. You know, finals, projects, shit like that. And then um, I did watch a little Ultra um, just the last couple of days. Um, I think, I think, sorry about that. I think. Um, Ruined. I know. <laughs> but I don't know. I would love to go to Ultra like next year even. Like it's, it looks like so much fun. Yeah, I said that last year that I wanted to go this year. Um, and then I ended up, a friend had a wedding this weekend. Uh, so that, like that wasn't in the cards, but I really do want to go at, at some point because it takes over downtown Miami. Like it looks like such a cool festival because it's literally in and around downtown Miami, which I, I can't think of another, like another concert that really does that. <laughs> yeah, I know it's, it's, it's unreal because they like, at least from what you can see, they just have buildings like highlighted with like ultra symbols. And from what I hear, or what I understand is like you can hear like the festival from like honestly like a mile away. Oh yeah, like, I bet. Um, I don't know. It just looks like a ton of fun. And then they have like multiple stages all set up. So like if if you know you have choices to go see who you want to go see. So if maybe there's somebody not as popular that's there, you can go check them out instead of whatever's being played at the main stage. So yeah, well they have some pretty big names even in the afternoon because it's like the festival is that big that it's not just the headliners that are good. Even a lot of the afternoon sets are really good. So right. I'm not, I actually don't listen to it like a ton of that music, but I listen to it while I work. Uh, mm-hmm. cause I, I don't like listening to music with words and stuff. I just like to kind of tune out. And, uh, and so I've gotten a little more into it over time. Um, but I still don't know half the names on the, on that set list. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that I do that too for, even just like schoolwork or something where if I have to focus on what I'm writing on or communicating, like I can't have something with like words being played in my ear. So it's usually something that's just, just straight up, just music, no vocals. Um, uh, but maybe not when I'm playing a game for instance, but I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, Katie's in, what have you been up to this week? Uh, not too you were much. Telling me something about, uh, you were telling me something earlier that I wanted to go on the cast, but I can't remember what it was now. Uh, we don't have to talk it. about that. I mean, all right. All I know is that a friend of mine tried weed for the first time. And, really? 
Yeah. He told me it was very weird, and he told me that uh, it was... <laughs> I tried to bring this up earlier, but really have no no way to elaborate on this. Wow. Other than that that friend of mine tried that illegal substance for the first time. You need to make sure to let your friend know yeah. that, that he could let <laughs> He can't do it he, again. Yeah, you don't want to do it again, because after the third or fourth time, there's a very high chance that you will lose your legs. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, uh, other than that, let me think. And it's a sin. Yeah, it's a sin. <laughs> and you're most likely going to hell after trying it. It's called the yeah, devil's lettuce that. for a reason. <laughs> devil's <laughs> lettuce. I remember, like, one point, no, he said at one point, God, he said, like, you don't want to have any of that Satan garden. <laughs> Satan I thought, like, what? what is Satan garden? Something about I was telling someone they were going to get shut by, down by the government. No, my friend was telling someone they were going to get shut by down the government. But um, yeah, it was <laughs> it was pretty crazy for that person. And then uh, what else did I do? We went out and walked around the the canal of downtown Indianapolis. I was forced against my will to break into the zoo by jumping over a rock fixture. Wait, you broke a, into the zoo against my will. It was his friend. Yeah, we, no, it was there was like a gate where the cars drive through, and uh, it was like a thirty foot drop down to like the like the woods below. Did really you, sucked. Did you actually jump into like the lion pit or something? No, no, we didn't get like. that far. No, I I heard the monkeys and then I got fucking scared for my life. So this was after the zoo was closed. Yes, this was at, at about like two a.m. Wow, we didn't even get wow, yeah. anywhere really. It was a pretty boring trip, to be completely honest. But I almost died. So what? Why? Like, why would you guys have made this excursion to go to the zoo? It's a very good question. In? It's a great question. I didn't want to do it. I thought it was so pointless. I'd sit on the other side of the skate. I'd pull up my DS. I'd play Fire Emblem Fates. I'd have a great evening instead of climbing through some rocks, almost falling to my death. But peer pressure is a powerful thing. Wow. That is, I did not expect to hear a story like that in the what we've been doing section yeah. of this podcast. Yeah. That you actually broke into the zoo. That is absurd. Yeah. Very eventful. Okay. But, I would okay. like to visit the Indianapolis Zoo sometimes, but maybe, <laughs> but probably when it's open. I would probably wow. pay the admission fee and go in like a normal citizen. You'd probably do it very legally. Yes. That's the best way to do it. At the zoo, you'll find the really rare family video. Or, <laughs> I, don't know. I feel like the zoo, the zoo, zoo feels like a dangerous place when it's closed. Here because, we have like, there are none the family the... video customer, rabid. <laughs> there are none of the safeguards when the zoo's open. So, like, how do you know that the animals aren't going to go wild while you're there? Or are they all locked up? I don't know how zoos work. I'm pretty sure the place we walked down, it was a. Uh, we were there were rocks on each side. Like to the right, to the right of us was the drop down to like the river, and the left of us was the zoo. And I'm pretty sure someone was like screaming, and you could hear like the chimpanzees on the other side get like riled up. Like fuck, we're going to jail. Wow. No, it was weird. But uh, you sure that wasn't your friend that did that too? Because yeah, think... you know, if it if it comes to the point where there's any kind of legal liability to I this, was say, it was yeah, you actually, yeah, you were telling me before the cast that this actually wasn't you either. Ha ha. Yeah. I, I don't know. He tells me a lot of stuff. 
that I remember very vividly. I just can't stop thinking of that uh, gif where a raccoon falls into the pen with like a gorilla and the gorilla just like flings it like a hundred feet in the other direction. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen this? I haven't seen it. Yeah. It's, it's just flings it across (laughs) the raccoon can do a thing, but, um, poor thing. Black light attack at one point or another. Yeah. All right. So have you guys been playing any games this week? Um, I've, I got back into, H1Z1, like a friend got me to play it again. God, it is just, it's just rough. Like, it's talking, just, which, really? which one are you playing? The Battle Royale oh, or the, the regular one? The King of the Hill Battle Royale mode thing. No, sorry, and, sorry. King of the Kill, Brad. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> Get it right. Sorry. It's not good. Like, I, I used to like it, but I just honestly can't can't get back into it like um after playing other games and seeing other games it's just like you spend an hour just to be just for it to like end in a split second so the game creates this like ecosystem where it's really fun to go mess with people but it could end really quickly or you just be that one person that waits until everybody else dies and you're last person in the that, i mean isn't that how it's been since it launched like what what's different now what's different well, you said you used to like it. Well, I didn't know about other games, I guess. Like, there, there's other <laughs> oh, mechanics okay. and stuff like that that were similar to it. Um, and I just I just don't like it anymore, I guess. Yeah, I feel like some people have, have sort of moved to the culling, which is sort of the same idea, like that Hunger Games style, uh, you know, similar to the Battle Royale mode in H1Z1. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if you know, games continue sort of that concept but that people move to different games as new ones come out because that concept is really cool, but I feel like people probably want some like variety and some, some new flavor on that, that concept. And also what surprised me is somehow this game is taking a step backwards since its acquisition where like, it's just getting somehow more gradually buggy. Like, um, it's losing basic stuff like being able to see my steam profile picture or like inviting friends to a party. Like it just randomly kicks them out and it's, and it's a huge pain in the ass now and it was working prior to this. So I don't know how they could go to like, like messing it up and then just like deciding it was a good, good update to push out when like virtually nothing else is broken. Um, Well, so everyone just needs to tweet at Jimmy was in hunt and let him know he needs (laughs) to fix King of the Get it together. <laughs> All right, cool. So, have you played anything else this week? Um, one thing, but I can't talk about it. You, you guys will have Ooh. to see Cape. Go to kbmod.com on Tuesday. Ooh. All right. Okay. A little teaser. That's Tuesday, March twenty second. That's right. So, mm. wow, I'm excited. I, this is exclusive even for me. <laughs> but that's a, that's I it. I think I might know what you're talking about. Mm. All right, Katie Zen, have you played anything? Uh, yeah, I've played a bit. Um, I played this game that came out last week. It's called Salt and Sanctuary. Oh yeah, how is that? I, I have tried it. Not, not yeah, I've, I've tried it like packs. I just, you know. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. If you're unfamiliar, it's a Souls ripoff. Like it's literally Dark Souls, but it's 2D and it's a Metroidvania. And I've, mm, I've love about that buzzword. Yeah, yeah, Metroidvania, Metroid Soulsvania, brand <laughs> new, 
booming subgenre. But uh, <laughs> I've only been playing it on stream. I'm about like six hours in, and it's been really good so far. It's got that really good Dark Souls kind of like shortcut porn, like constantly. Like this is what I've been missing because Dark Souls One you had this huge uh, connected world that you kind of had back in like Bloodborne, but you know Dark Souls Two, it uh, we'll not get into that, but uh, like having a huge connected world again. Uh, it really has a really good vibe to it. Uh, if there's complaints to be had, some of the bosses are really easy. Uh, and I just picked up a weapon called the Warhammer, which is doing twice the damage output of the weapon that I had before, which is kind of breaking the game from where I'm at. If you let me think, how am I going to compare this to Dark Souls? If, think about to if any of you play Dark Souls one. I'm at the Sense Fortress point, like point in the game, and I have like a plus five lightning. Zweihander that's as fast as like a claymore, I guess you'd say. Yeah, uh, my, I've that, never I, heard of any of no that. Shit. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was speaking more of the the listener, I guess. Getting but, uh, real real Dark Souls nerd here. <laughs> yeah. And a Kenja. No, but um yeah, other than that, it's really I wasn't gonna commit to that nerd voice. Uh but other than that, it's it pretty does, fun. It does seem that, very, I've I've heard and it looks very similar to it's basically if you put Dark Souls in two D. Like that would actually be this game, right? Yeah, it, it's it honestly is like it's set up identically. There's a point where it's very heavily inspired, and then Salt and Sanctuary feels like it's one to one. Like it's a lot of influence. Like there are parries there, um, which isn't to say it's bad. Like it's really good. The combat feels awesome. The parrying and like the visceral attacks or the repose, I guess, are like really good. The, another thing, this doesn't bother me that much, but I hear people complain about it a lot, is the art style. Isn't that good? It feels like you're playing, or it looks like you're playing like a freeware online game you'd play in middle school. That's like what the characters look like, you know, on the web browser and math class, something like that. Really? I, I mean, that's what I it kind of that. I didn't get that too much. Like, I thought the art style was all right. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm saying. I'm speaking. I guess only the faces have really done that. It kind of has like, like it. It looks kind of like Shovel Knight. I mean, it's like it's yeah. It's not the <laughs> most high res game out there, but it's yeah. it's got kind of a charming art style. I thought. Yeah, I agree. And again, it's, I don't have a huge problem with it at all. It's just it's one of the more common complaints I've heard. But the combat feels really good. It's really fun so far. I think it's um, only on PS4, right? Yeah, it's only on PS4 right now. It's just under twenty dollars. Uh, it, they had like a exclusivity thing going where it's only going to be on PS4 and PS Vita for a bit, and but it will come to Steam at a future. Yeah, it seems like a great Steam undisclosed. game. Like that seems like oh, a game yeah. that I'll 100% get when it's on sale for like 50% or more off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Honestly, playing through it, I feel like there's enough there where I feel like I've got like the next like $60 like Souls game at that price point. You're really getting a lot for your money. Like classes are really varied. But anyways, that's really good. I recommend it. Sound Sanctuary. Uh, but other than that, I guess since I've last been on the cast, I finished I finished the Undertale Genocide run. But, um, I mean, I've spoken enough praise about Undertale. <laughs> so I don't really need to reiterate that. What's the what's what's like special about a genocide run? I mean, uh, you kill everyone, right? You have to go out of your way to purposely get random encounters then kill every single monster in an area to the point where it says like yeah like you'll get that like random encounter and like no monster will show up and i'll just say it, but nobody came 
and then the droning like messed up music will play and then like characters start reacting to you differently and then it just escalates and escalates it turns what was normally this really lighthearted and cool story into like something that breaks the wall beyond something like you know metal gear solid one on the ps1 like this really surprisingly dark but still Anyways, it's it's really fucking good. All of you should play Undertale and not spoil it for yourselves. Don't watch YouTube playthroughs. It ruins that game. That's what I've heard. Anyways. That's man, I've got I got a list of games to play yeah. and that's one of them. God. And also just doing general things. The soundtrack is so fucking good in that game. That's what I've heard. It's amazing. I kept playing like, oh, I really want to listen to this one. And then I like, you know, on YouTube. I really should buy the official soundtrack. But um going through like, you know, related videos and seeing the other like, you know, recommended songs just from other Undertale songs. There are so many, like, heavy hitters from that. There's not just, like, one or two songs that are like, oh, I could listen to this so many times. There are, like, ten. But, um, yeah, that's really good. Anyways, I gotta stop the Undertale talk. I'll just... <laughs> I'll, I could go on for a long time. Anyways. And uh, one other thing I played. I, I restarted my character on uh, Fire Emblem. I'm sure... Neither of you know anything about this, but um, so, I know when the game when the game first came well, maybe out. Maybe the I listeners said, do. I mean, yeah, the listener, yeah. Maybe this there's someone be... out there who just loves Fire Emblem and you're. Oh yeah, they're really day. <laughs> But uh, I won't harp on this too much. But I know when the first when the game first came out, I said, you know, oh, it's so fucking good. I love it. I have some complaints. The levels in that mm. game are way too fucking big. The Fire Emblem Awakening, everything felt concise. Everything was already there, and you could, you know, moving all your units around felt good, and things finished, you know, quickly. But now there are too few units and too huge maps to where, you know, you're journeying through this entire castle in one level, which it gets incredibly tedious when you have to move, like, 15 units at a time. And uh, I, I had to restart my character because I've been on this one level. I've been playing on the classic mode, which has permadeath for your units, and I am so sick and tired of getting 30 minutes into a level just for my waifu to be one shot. And I'm not going to go ahead with that. I'm going to hit the home button and close the game. I'm so tired of it. So I made a new character and I put it on casual mode. I don't give a shit. I just want to progress. Don't why judge are you me. you putting your waifu in harm's way? I, well, why don't you ask the fucking map that has spike traps <laughs> at every single... But it's still good. It's still a good game. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's all I played this week. Cool. I'll go real quick. Uh, I guess I I haven't really played anything this week uh, aside from a bit of Hearthstone and uh, a bit of FTL uh, because I I mm. went to another wedding this weekend. So I was back in Texas uh, for a few days, and uh, and so I played FTL some on the plane because that's kind of my go to iPad game. Right. Um, still, I'm still really bad at FTL, but like uh, like Hadesen said, I love the soundtrack for FTL. Like, I honestly, I think I just play it because I just enjoy the soothing nature of that soundtrack. Um, so I played a little bit of that, uh, but yeah, I've just basically been playing adult life. You know, having to go to go to weddings and things. Uh, I'll be looking yeah. forward to a weekend at home where I can actually contribute meaningfully to this section. Because uh, I have, I feel like I have so many games I want to play. Like I want to play, I want to play Undertale. I want to play Firewatch. I want to play like some of the some of those games that I know aren't going to take me that long, and I just need to get it out of the way before you know before like the time passes where they're like relevant and I can talk to people about them. 
Well, mm-hmm. I think I think there's like a season of like new games, like E3 is around the corner. So I mean, we got to get some of these games out before. Yeah, it's just it's never ending. Like yeah. it really, I I have in the past. I mean, in the past year, I've really felt it. But it's like you really do just run out of time to play games. Where I used to, I used to just absorb myself into specific games. Like I would just mm-hmm. play WoW all the time. But what I'm realizing now is. While I loved playing WoW, you know, for a full-time job while I was in college, uh, I also missed out on a lot of good games when I had the time to play those games. And now I have, like, the disposable income to buy all these games. My Steam library is huge, but I have no time to play. No time! Oh, I know. (laughs) So it's like the classic adult conundrum of, you know, I have all these games that I can't play. And then, and then... When I do have time to play them, like when I have an hour or two there, I just default to, you know, it's like playing a game or two of Hearthstone. Rocket and I feel terrible. Yeah, or like Rocket League or something <laughs> just small and bite-sized. And then I right. feel bad about myself because I know I should be playing, like I could get a little bit into one of these games. I know I exactly know. what you mean. I have the entire Final Fantasy collection on PS1, which I've had the opportunity to get from where I work. And I'm like, I'm going to play through all these. I have free time. And then I just play a couple runs of like <laughs> Downwell or something. Oh, and it sucks. There's so many single-player games to play, but... Have you guys ever hit, like, a wall of just, like, I don't feel like playing any of my games? Like... Yes! That's where it. I, that's been <laughs> happening to me a lot lately, where I've sat down to play a game, and there's, like, I don't really know what to play. And then I, am, I have, like, 300, 400 games in my library. There's something out there that I could play, but it's just seriously, like, I don't want to play any of this. Like, I don't... I don't know. Yeah. I hit that wall a lot. I think that's why I loved Super Hot because I knew it was short, and I was like, "All right, I've got a few hours. Uh, I can I can just finish this game, and if I want to come back to it later, I can. But the core experience, I can get through that really quickly. And like that's, I think that's what keeps me from playing some some games. Like I, I have the division, and I just haven't even gotten into it yet because it's like, well, I've heard it's like there's some bugs. Uh, you know, like I've heard it's better with a group, and so okay, I don't really have a group to play with. So it's just like there's all of these things. There's like reasons I'm manufacturing not to play this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went through like my Steam library, and I've started like categorizing all all my games by like, you know, finished, will never finish, need to finish. Well, that's not and, a like, bad I've, idea. I should yeah, do that. I'm looking at it right now. I have Brothers Tale of Two Sons. Fez, Final Fantasy VII, Mirror's Edge, Psychonauts, and the uh, the Tomb Raider reboot, all installed, never played. It's been like that for a oh, couple man, months that's, now. That's such a my list is like four times that long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's just what I have installed. If I go into like my actual category, uh, uh, mm-hmm. I, um, I can't I can't open it right now. Uh, but I'm I I probably have like three quarters or maybe like 80% of my Steam library that I have never installed. The same. And that's... <laughs> Most of those are like combo bundles for, for me. Where Yeah, I mean, a lot of them are, but like some of them aren't. And that's the, that's the real problem. That's what hurts the most. <laughs> yeah, some of them are just like, I got them on a Steam sale. And it, it's like, I mean, the allure of the Steam sale where you just can't pass up, you know, something that's yes. like 75% off. Oh. And then I just never get around to playing it. It's oh man, it's I'm just That's building right. a collection. That's what I tell myself is like I will have these games forever. Steam Valve has enough money to to run basically for probably the rest of time 
the rest of like you know com where computers are relevant time with the money they have in the bank and so i'm just like i'm building a collection for my future children to have you know <laughs> they'll inherit your games yeah they'll inherit my my steam account and we'll put that family sharing to use you know 20 years down the line <laughs> okay think about this the biggest problem with that is that all those 173 steam games that i have like it's cool to have that collection but it doesn't really sit well when you have to go into like your Steam library to look at it. So if someone made like uh, like an app you could do for like a monitor, or maybe just something about like Yay Big that like sits on a shelf, that like, well, what am oh, I yeah. even trying to say? Someone, something someone to showcase make, all your yeah, games. Yeah, someone should make. You need you need like something where you can showcase box art on display. Yes. And so instead like, uh, of having actual boxes on your shelves, you just have like you know di like picture frames with pictures of the games you own. Yeah, and it scrolls. That's not a bad idea. That's actually don't no one I would take invest that idea. In that. But then I think about that, and that's like it's literally just a monitor or a tablet that you sync to Steam. <laughs> it's doing <laughs> nothing fine. new. That's fine. That's gonna sell like hotcakes. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. Well, speaking like of uh, things that are probably gonna sell like hotcakes, let's jump into the news. Uh, we had GDC this week, uh, and there were some, there were like some minor news stories out of GDC. But I think one of the, one of the major ones uh, was like the theme, well, the theme around VR in general. And uh, and the biggest, I think one of the biggest stories was the first thing we'll talk about here is uh, the PlayStation VR. They unveiled that and they announced the price, which will be four hundred dollars, uh, which is quite a bit lower uh, than the Oculus and the Vive. But uh, what, so, what are your guys' thoughts? I think there's another piece to this, right? That uh, that doesn't include, I think, the controllers or like some some accessories that seemed pretty vital. Right. You have to get two of the. I don't even know what they're called, but they're basically the like light sticks that could be tracked by the webcam. Right. And then you have to have a PlayStation camera. Now I don't know if they still restrict it to just specifically the PlayStation camera. I imagine it will be that way, but um but yeah, so you have to do that. So I think on top of that it's another hundred bucks with your controllers, the light sticks, and then the camera. Um but I don't know. I think uh Dave Dave Oshry put it in a good way, good uh terminology, you know, where PlayStation's even admitting, you know, they put out the specs and everything where like PlayStation VR's entry, uh, the, um, uh, what's <laughs> the Oculus Rift is, is, uh, good. And then like, if you really want to go all out, like top of the line, uh, the Vive is basically your premium VR experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I think he put, he said that on Twitter. Um, but I think, I think that's kind of where people are going with that. Um, and the I mean, VR it's, is kind of like entry level, or yeah, yeah. I remember reading somewhere saying that PlayStation said all games were compatible with the PlayStation VR. So it's uh, like, are they really VR experiences then, or is it just me looking at like what essentially is like a screen, just, like yeah. just in my VR headset? Like, um, but I it's a huge I, FOV. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's that. I think I think it's I think it's interesting. It's definitely like a stab at Xbox because, um, you know, 
because they're not making too many like strides towards VR at the moment. Well, they have they have right. Hololens, but that's like a you know oh way, that's right that's like a way further out kind of play. I think yeah, yeah. that's nowhere near even if they that's wanted definitely to. Definitely not like a present day sort of thing. Yeah, that's how can I forget gen. that Minecraft you know, like demo they did? Yeah, well, I mean, we talked about it a cast or two ago, but the Hololens came with a computer. Yeah, you know, yeah. like oh, that, okay. you know, um, just to develop with but um like most dev kits um but the fact that it was something else other than like an xbox for instance is just a a testament saying like you know the xbox one is nowhere near able to you know crunch out this kind of data um and i think that's why we're not seeing vr for the xbox one right now is because it could barely get away with posting or playing 720p 30 fps games so Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's where we'll talk about this here in a second. But uh, kind of the rumblings that uh, the the console makers may be looking to kind of move into this upgradable type console, or you know, release a, a sort of a point five version of the Xbox One or PS Four. We'll, we'll talk mm-hmm. about that more in a second. Um, but I think some of that is driven by the push for VR because the consoles are are really not. Uh, they're not powerful enough to play VR in its glory. Um, you know, all of the pretty much all the demos you're seeing are on pretty powerful PCs, and I think even even that, like they're they're looking to the future where right now the the base is like a you need a 970. That's kind of the video card, the, the minimum mm-hmm. video card that they say yeah. for VR. But that's still, I mean, that's what I have in my machine. Like that's still very high end in my opinion. So I think it's like it's going to be a couple of years before you see anything remotely like consumer grade that has the equivalent power of a 970. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it was a uh, valve released a steam like VR test, like application on the steam store. And I, I ran my system through that and I passed and I, uh, in the exceptional bit, but then it was barely on the edge. And I have an i7, 32 gigs of RAM, and then a R9 290X. I, so, I mean, I know the 290X is a generation behind, and, you know, AMD is a, you know, power hog and everything else, but, like, um, there's no overclocking headroom or anything. But bes- besides that, like, that's still a high-end system I think most people would consider. Like, that's... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I mean, all of us have, like... Compared to normal people, we have very, very high-end systems, right? right? Even even the guy still running like a 2500K and a 560Ti, that's that's like hmm. not it's not a high-end system anymore. But that's still like a mid, that's like a mid-tier system for the general population. And that um, fail, yeah, and that would fail spectacularly. So I, I'm I'm a little bit uh, like I'm still a little bit skeptical. The PlayStation VR it says there's going to be more than 50 games available at launch in October 2016. That feels like a lot of games. Like, I mean, yeah. 50... You're t- are we actually talking 50 games that are going to take advantage of VR? Or are we talking about 50 games that, like, it's going to work with? But, you know, 48 of those exactly. are going to be... You know, yeah. are basically just going to be the game. And it works with the headset, but there's nothing, like, particularly special about the experience. One thing that was exciting for me to read is that they had like a, a list of developers that were currently working on VR stuff, which kind of ties into like the 50 supposed games like made for it. And then uh, like I saw that From Software was one of the names. And then like 
I'm a, a bit more interested in that. But then again, I'm just thinking, oh, Dark Souls 3 announced to have, you know, VR support where you're just looking around in VR. So it makes you wonder, like, how many games are just going to be, like, not experiences made for VR, but rather just, you know, it'd be cool to have yeah, VR. Yeah, I feel, I feel like made for VR and VR support are two very different phrases to me. Yeah. Because, like, just having sure. VR support doesn't mean I want to play the game in VR. And I think that's that's the kind of the... That feels like the risky part to me is is that, like, this is kind of a... You know, especially with GDC being this week, a lot of focus is on VR. And it feels like one of those things where it will start being the thing that you have to have just to check off the box. Like, having mm-hmm. having VR support in your game. But that feels like the, the wrong way to go about, you know, tackling VR as you know as this new technology like Mm -hmm. there are going to be games that don't work well with vr so don't like don't force it it feels like it could turn i mean it's not going to turn out to be a connect type situation but it feels like it could be kind of like that for some games where like they just they build in support for it because why not and then you know a couple years down the line there's like a bunch just a bunch of bad games that have support for you know for this technology that no one uses anymore yeah i would take it like if it was only if it goes as far as like VR support being as far as just a better viewing experience, then sure. But if they try to force like some mechanics on it, then I wouldn't be like for it at all. But speaking more like for the PSVR compared to like an Oculus, like thinking more about what I want to buy, I'm probably going to wait like a month or two after they're released because like I'm not going to get it like the day it comes out. I need to see like if the games are good, like those 50 games, you know, like if they're going to be like support or made for it because I have this, you know, PSVR. It seems like I'm, I'm into it. I'm into my PS4. So I'd probably enjoy that, but I have this powerful computer that like, I feel like it'd be wasted if I didn't get an Oculus or Vive for that. Well, I was going to bring that up where I feel like from the start, VR has always been focused toward like the PC crowd. Cause I don't feel like, realistically any of the console players were like asking for vr like i can't think of any experience like most most console exclusive games are like third person anyways like at least i can Mm -hmm. think of at first where it's just like i don't know where i'd be like you know i'm on the couch i wish i had goggles strapped to my face and (laughs) like i wish i i had it through you know a vr experience like i i can't think of anything like that you have to sit up straight for that. And like most console gaming, you're like sitting back on a couch. That's actually, a, that's a really good point. Like the console experience is more lean back because you're sitting yeah. on a couch. Whereas PC players are used to like leaning like forward, sitting up, right? sitting up, you know, being close to your screen. So I actually right. think that's, that is a pretty good point. Like there's, I think the jury is kind of out on whether console players will even care. Like I think it's a big enough challenge to get PC players to care or like, I mean, hardcore gamers or whatever whatever you want to call that demographic that, that would be kind of an early adopter of vr i think the console players you're going to have an even tougher time because yeah like they're sitting on their couch and they're they're playing in a different way than pc players do well that that's the other thing too i think of consoles is like uh co-op split screen like experiences something to share with other people or as far as like pc goes like if I'm playing with someone, it's going to be online. Yeah. Like very seldom am I like doing a split screen game. The only time I could even think of doing something like that is like maybe at a LAN party or something where my mm. friend doesn't have Rocket League. But like yeah. other than that, like um, 
you know, consoles, like, it'd just be weird. Like, hey, you know, I'm going to have some friends over. I'm going to strap on my PlayStation VR goggles. I'll see you guys in, like, 15 Well, minutes. you know, I thought about that. That's that's valid, but there's also a good opportunity for, like, the second screen experience. Like, yeah, there's, like, a two-player game, for example, and one person's in the headset, and one person is, like, looking at the TV. Like the Wii so, U? Yeah, something like the Wii U. But that's so the thing. Like, like, I actually, I think that could be really cool. Except, how on earth is a console going to drive both of those, both of those devices? Right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, maybe the PlayStation Four Point Five could. Whoa! Whoa that segue. <laughs> uh, so, kind of along alongside this news, uh, we had talked about. I think we talked about, uh, or maybe we didn't, but it happened either way. Uh, Xbox um, sort of hinting at. An upgradable Xbox or sort of an Xbox uh, like a like a redone Xbox One uh, with kind of faster internals. That seems like maybe a little bit of a response to how the Xbox One will tackle VR. And uh, so now Sony has uh, well, have they confirmed this or is this still kind of rumor mill sort of thing? This was from a developer that told an anonymous developer that told like Kotaku or whatever. Um, so basically, they said that will include a upgraded GPU, both to support high-end 4K resolution for games and add more processing power that can enhance games supported by PlayStation VR. Um, it, I don't know. It's yeah. so it sounds like it sounds like PlayStation may be looking toward a similar future where I think the the, the advent of VR brings to stark contrast the fact that like this console cycle probably can't be 10 years with the actual with the same hardware the way that the PS3 and Xbox 360 were because with VR like those consoles just cannot run VR acceptably so i think they're having to now think about how do how do we tackle you know consoles being VR capable but then not trash, you know, the existing install base we have. All of these people that have already bought our, you know, quote unquote next gen consoles. Um, I think they're going to have a tough time because, like, this is this is basically the reason that we have for a long time advocated the PC because the PC, like, like they are basically moving towards a PC like future where you build a game that is going to run differently on different systems. Uh, but that's just how it works. You can buy the Cadillac or you can buy the Hyundai of PCs and you have a general idea of how that PC is going to perform when it comes to games. Uh, I think they're going to have, they have a much higher bar to release a you know PlayStation 4.5 or a new Xbox uh, when like their consumer base is not used to having to figure that stuff out. Like it's the, it's just like they've lived in a world where if you put a game in, it's, you assume it's going to work. And the frame rate's not going to suck, and yeah. like the experience is going to be good. So I don't know how they tackle that, but it sounds like they're thinking about it. When I hear this, when I hear console 4K, I'm only interested in the price point. That is like the make it or break it for me. I think it like to me, 4K doesn't even actually mean 4K. 4K just means that like it can run at 90 FPS on 1080p. Like yeah, exactly, 4K and VR doesn't actually mean anything. 
that I think 4K capable is like a stupid way to, to position it. But I think really they need to be thinking about how can we make sure that like VR can run at a consistent 60 or 90 or whatever v, the, you know, the VR device needs to run at so that people don't get sick, you know, so that they're not nauseous. Like I think 4K really is like it's a long way before 4K matters. But you can throw that processing power at lower resolutions and get a better frame rate. Yeah, I, I gotcha. I think we're just going to see... Um, I think we've already seen um, manufacturers like just reintroduce, like rehashing the console system and just upgrading component. I think we're just going to see it like um, more frequently. So like recently, we can all think of like the Nintendo 3DS where they actually upgraded the processor in there. Um, it still takes the same games, but now they're introducing like... They're calling it a 3DS game, but some games have similar features... But then you don't get all of them if you're still playing on the older console. So um, I think we're going to... Sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. There are actually a couple of games, I don't know if you know, that you you have to have a new 3DS to play. So, yeah. So that must be just recently where they've started introducing that. But, I mean, it's just a gradual approach to getting people to this new ecosystem. And and even uh, Phil Spencer from Xbox, he told... um, journalists we look at these eco other ecosystems out there like mobile tablet and pc and we see that they have a very continuous evolution cycle in hardware whereas between console generations most of the evolution is making it cheaper and potentially making it smaller where i think so they're very well aware um but like playstation i think in this case is like taking the other approach where instead of making things cheaper and potentially smaller um they're just going to be, you know what, we're going to support, we're going to attempt to s- support 4K, and you just might have to pay like a thousand bucks for it, which wouldn't be, in PlayStation's case, completely out there, because I think when the PlayStation 3 first came out, it was like, it was $800 or something like that. So, yeah, I think um, 599 US dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, uh, I, I would be, I would not be surprised if both of them are looking at like the Apple way of doing things, where, you're sort of planning the obsolescence of hardware and giving it a shelf life. And, uh, you know, the way that iOS works, every time a new iPhone or iPad comes out, uh, you know, there are like certain things that it can support that that the older ones can't. But the older ones can still run all of the apps. You know, they they can run games. But sometimes like the games may not have, you know, they may have worse shaders or like, you know, whatever, right? The, the over time the experience gets a little worse as people develop for the new hardware but there's sort of a guarantee that you know this console in this case will get you like three years or four years of you know more or less being able to play the games that come out um, I wouldn't be surprised if they go that route because like that's, that route is at least proven that people are willing to buy a device that they know is, is going to kind of degrade over time um, but I don't really see how else they can do it. I yeah i I think I think this only really in the long run, I think kind of benefits without going to a modular system. I think benefits the PC gaming community, in my opinion. Yeah, probably because um, because developers are going to put be able to push the envelope more than they can now. Exactly. So I think I think um, we're seeing more and more developers not becoming um exclusive to consoles unless they're purposely like bought by like the manufacturers 
um, I think more and more, this is without going to a modular system, we're just going to start seeing uh, consoles just go to a modular system. Uh, not whether they want to or not. I think it's just a matter of like surviving like in this industry. But. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like that, I think it could have a lot of benefits um, just because that feels like it's always the piece holding the console back is that the actual hardware ages so it feels like it ages so quickly because right. PCs every year are getting so much more powerful or for the same price point, you know, you're getting a lot more for your money. Whereas the consoles, you know, late in their life cycle, they're not a good value because the price goes down over time, but it doesn't go down nearly as much as it should compared well, to, compared to a comparable PC. I remember when like toward the end of the PS3 life cycle, like people were just buying them solely for Blu-ray players. Like yeah. Absolutely. When, when people weren't getting streaming services, you know, it was like, well, it's either I buy a PlayStation, which is much cheaper, and maybe play an occasional exclusive, or I buy, you know, $300, $400, you know, Blu-ray player. So, um, yeah, that, that, that kind of goes to show, like, how these consoles have been aging for us recently. So Yeah. Well, and so moving into uh, kind of the other topic here, which I think kind of goes along with what we've been talking about. But uh, there, so Microsoft announced that they are going to allow uh, Xbox to play with PC gamers and other platforms. Uh, and it sounds like the first game that is going to have uh, this sort of commingling of all the platforms for multiplayer is Rocket League, which uh, makes perfect sense to me. Uh, kudos to them. Um, but that's, I think, an interesting uh, development when you look at the Xbox 360 and uh, Xbox Live sort of being the the one in the Xbox 360 days to put up the walled garden, uh, but now that they're kind of behind, you know, they're behind in sales, they're having to catch up, it feels like now they're not really in a position where they can afford to be as closed. So this feels like a shot across the bow at PlayStation to say, hey, now we want to kind of, we want to allow people to do cross-network play and it feels like they're, they're kind of trying to force PS4's hand. Uh, but I think, the like you said, Brad, with the previous story, this feels like it basically only benefits PC gamers. Like, this is one of the, one of the biggest issues is uh, when you buy a game and, like, say, The Division, for instance, and you bought it on PC and your friend bought it on Xbox, and now, like, you didn't realize each other had bought the game Mm-hmm. But now you can't play together. And so you have to choose, does one of you want to switch platforms and pay more money just so you can play together? And it's like, that doesn't make any sense. You know, that, you, you've well, already that, bought a copy of the game. That, and then, you know, you're just looking at, like, um, as, a, as far as experiences go, like, PCs are getting cheaper and cheaper to build as well. And then who, out of all these games, are really getting cross-platform with and that's pc like your uh pc has been able to go cross-platform with xbox in the past i think and then um maybe not and then um and then the other way too pc has been able to go cross-platform with ps playstation players so i mean if microsoft's opening the door and they're forcing playstation's hand um playstation playstation's just put in a weird situation because like they I don't think they want to go to 
to go cross-platform with Microsoft, but what choice do they have without like pissing off all their audience? Like, um, and so if they don't do it, they look like dicks. And if they do do it, then it's like, um, now we're just playing into Microsoft's hand either way, really. Yeah. And then at that point it's, it's still, like I said, it's becoming less and less a reason to like stick with just one, like either ecosystem and just not go to PC. Like I think by working with each other, this now plays into PC's hand where it's like you could play it on all three platforms. Why would you do anything else other than PC? Like, yeah, I think it's uh, it feels like uh, for, for games to really reach, I feel like for console games to kind of reach the next level when it comes to esports and competition, this feels like it would be a huge move forward. Um, and I say this because of Rocket League. Like Rocket League is, I think, a, a perfect example of an esport that like the platform doesn't give you an advantage, right? Xbox, exactly. PS4, and PC, it's just different controllers, right? But the the buttons and everything are simple enough that you could see the best player in the world playing on any one of those platforms, and having them segregated just makes no sense, right? Like, having yeah. having different leaderboards and different matchmaking and all of that, like, actually doesn't make sense. So I'm glad to see that a game like Rocket League is going to be the first to take advantage of this because the they really were just, like, they suffer and the players suffer for all of the the user bases being segregated like they were. It, it brings about way better matchmaking. It brings about, like, it just makes everything easier. Um, yeah. And I think Where the at? only the only uh, like side effect of this from the business side is like there there may be more exclusives, right? Because they want right. to, they want to they still want to sell consoles, and so maybe PS4 and Xbox bid more aggressively for exclusive games to combat the fact that they have you know cross network uh, compatibility. You were going to say something, Katie? Then yeah, I was just going to add on like that's good for Rocket League and say like fighting games, whereas something like Call of Duty. Like doing cross platform would surely help the player base, but um it would just be it would really ruin the balance or you know, the matchmaking when you have people on keyboard and mouse fighting people on controllers. So I could well, see sure, games but like maybe that but maybe having... you allow it for like co op or something. Right. Yeah, you still won't yeah. be able to play with your friends in some aspect. And maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's not like actually online in multiplayer, but just like making it to where you don't regret your purchase because you purchased it on a different platform than your friend, that feels like a big step forward to me. Exactly. And something like Rocket League is perfect for having, like, like you said, the controllers are all the same. You can achieve the same thing on every platform. Yeah, and I mean, these these places could go as far as, like, doing dedicated servers for their, their paying customers, like Microsoft Gold or whatever it is they call it nowadays, um, could get you dedicated servers where, like, like, wasn't it Call of Duty or something? They had dedicated servers, but then on PC it was still like the garbage. Like they pick the random host out of like the player list that had like yeah. the quote unquote. That sounds best. like something they do. Yeah. So well, that, and that feels like it's this all feels like it's sort of converging back to like the early days of PC gaming, where yeah. you have like you do have dedicated servers. You know, everything can kind of play with one another. Like I think this could be a really positive development. And I, like, I hope that Microsoft and, and Sony do embrace this idea of like, let's make it really easy for developers to create, you know, and curate their own communities 
Whereas right now, and I'll go back to Rocket League, like they have to they have to sort of serve three different communities because they have PC players, they have PS4 players, and they have Xbox players. And so like they have to manage that very separately. They have to treat those players differently because they're like actually, you know, they're actually on different platforms. They're not completely compatible. This makes it feel like they're putting some of the power back in the developers' hands to say, look, we'll take kind of the technical constraints away from the platform that your players choose. You focus on building, you know, a sustainable community regardless of where they choose to play. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that sounds really idealistic, though, now that I've said it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just curious to see where this goes. And I honestly, um, you know, it's PlayStation's move now. Um, and I, I can't imagine we'll be waiting too long before we hear a response. But uh, it's confirmed Microsoft is letting them go cross-platform. Now it's just a matter of, like, PlayStation at this point saying, like, okay, we'll let, play, we'll let Xbox players play with uh, PlayStation players. So. Yeah, and I think I saw something kind of cagey during GDC that they said they were like looking into it from the Sony side, sort of like that, a, like a non-answer kind of thing. Yeah, it was really vague and just like uh, just it's being considered. Like yeah. that, that's, oftentimes is a no, but I don't know with <laughs> what what I think they're just trying. They're they're probably. I feel like they probably got caught a little bit off guard. And so they just, they're probably trying to see what is actually feasible. And, you know, there's a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, Excel spreadsheets that, you know, they've got a, they got a crunch to figure out if this, you know, if this, what this does to their business, like 10 years down the line, if they make this decision and stuff. So it's, it's not a small decision because once they, once they choose to go that route, they can't go back. Right. And so, I mean, that's I, a huge I, yeah. like boundary to cross. Yeah. I'm actually, I mean, I really am surprised that Microsoft like went that far because they can't ever go back from that. Like they will be that it's one of those things that you have to really be confident in that choice. You have to be confident that your, your platform will really benefit from that choice because it can also really backfire on you. If you, if you enable that cross platform play and then it turns out that like, for some reason, the Xbox version of a particular game is really bad for whatever reason, like you are giving people a great reason to choose to buy a game on the PC or PS4. So I like I'm actually surprised that Microsoft made this choice, but who knows? I guess the, they do crazy things when you're behind, right? Yeah, I think it's it's more of getting people on the Windows platform. I guess I think it's just more of like they're bringing exclusives to the Windows Store. I think this is more of a long term thing for them, yeah. Um, rather than just. Um, I don't know. I don't know what their their plans are with this, but I think I think it's that a long term yeah, goal. That that could be it too, right? Like they Microsoft has the benefit of sort of owning two platforms. They don't own the PC, but they own Windows and they're aggressively pushing people to Windows ten. You know, they're going to be making some sort of play for getting things on the Windows store. So maybe this is kind of the precursor of that big push for unifying things on the PC and trying to then obviously take a cut of that through the Windows Store. Um, So that, you know, Microsoft has a little bit more wiggle room, let's say, than Sony does, because Sony doesn't make PCs, Sony doesn't make Windows, like Sony just has the PS4. So yeah, I'll be curious to see how they respond. Uh, But we should move on uh, to a topic that... Do you have something to say? I believe they did respond... I think. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I thought Sony said that like they were open to doing it. 
but they didn't yeah, explicitly but that, say. But that's what I mean. I think they said like a. It's like okay. a they haven't confirmed it. They yeah, didn't I got They were gonna do it. They just like they were like, yeah, you know, we would love to see if it would maybe work and like pretty vague. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Never mind. Yeah, because I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were getting completely rattled at GDC about this question. So <laughs> yeah, probably. But anyway, moving on to uh, a topic we discussed last week, uh, and we've got a little more news on now. Uh, the Razer Core, which is uh, which is kind of. Uh, last week we talked about AMD's X-Connect technology where you can, uh, you're going to be able to put a video card in an external enclosure and then plug that into a Thunderbolt port on your laptop to get uh, you know, desktop-level graphics capability. Mm. Uh, we now have some more details on that. And I'm just going to jump to like the most, really the only important part of this because... I just I feel like we covered this pretty well last week, but we the core the the Razer Core went on pre order, and do you want to guess the price? Do you uh, want, I mean I guess you guys don't have to guess, but I'm just building up the suspense for people listening. Now keep in mind this is just the enclosure. There's no graphics card. It's just simply just a, the enclosure with you know wait, with the really? nice pretty LED light. <laughs> I it didn't is know that. $499. Jesus Christ. So, now, this this might be Razer's approach to things because everything has a little more weight when it comes to the pricing for Razer products. Yeah. But it's it's still ridiculous. It's $500 for just an enclosure, like no graphics card included. It's just basically something you plug into your laptop and you got, you know, a USB like extension and like now you can put a graphics card on it. But. I don't see how you could price it any more than like a motherboard. That's kind that's, of what it is, basically. That's the thing. Like this is I I feel like I'm gonna try not to go into rant territory here, but this feels like No, I want you to. I want you to unleash. it just this feels like a replay of of G Sync where like it's this cool thing. It's like it's a it's a life changing thing, right? When you see it in person, and this is kind of the same thing, right? Like you're playing, you know, BF4 or whatever, like a brand new game, The Division, on a laptop, maxed out completely, and it's like, oh, look, I have this external video card that's that's doing all the work, but it's so it's priced out like it's priced out of anyone's real capability. Like yeah. we got a we got an email um, from. Uh, Amnesia Hayes uh, this week and talking about uh, his, his opinion on the AMD enclosure thing and it's, he's a student and he says he can't afford to have two computers so he bought a Razer Blade because it's it's like a nice looking laptop you know it's pretty capable um, but it has a 765M uh, NVIDIA graphics card which is not a not a great card um, but he was talking about he might get it because he doesn't he doesn't want to lug around two computers and when he does want a game at a friend's place or whatever it's not that big a deal to carry around you know the this core uh, piece that's that's a little bit bulky but not right. not big and not too big for a backpack and this is what I talked about when I talked about the AMD like X Connect this is exactly where I was coming from um, it's just a matter of like when options are out there I don't. Th- I don't think we're going to be seeing $500 for this enclosure. Yeah. But, um, but, but I want something where I can sit down and plug my laptop in and then have the horsepower of a desktop. And like for some people saving a penny or two, you know, this might be a viable option, but with razors pricing, I don't yeah. think so. Not to mention, you know, a price is one thing, 
that's very clear that if you're in the market for something like this, if you have a laptop and you want that kind of gaming, this price point, at that point, just make a computer. But on yeah, top of that, this is a... you can build a whole PC. A, yeah. yeah. On top of that, a quote from the article, we didn't design it to be portable. We didn't put a handle on it. It weighs under 11 pounds. You're going to have to lug that around. Like, that defeats the purpose of a laptop. If you want a laptop with the gaming power and you want it to be... I, I, I don't even know. I'm just, like, I, I go back to what I was saying last week. Like, I don't know who this is built for. I don't know whose problem this is solving because it's so expensive that, like, I just can't see anyone buying this. Like, it doesn't... I don't think it solves enough problems to justify anywhere close to that price point. Because, yeah. like you said, $500, and that that's without a video card. You've got to buy <laughs> a video card. So yeah. assuming you don't already uh. have a, an extra video card... You're talking about what? Let's say you want to put a 970 in. That's going to be like 250 bucks. So you're talking about 750 dollars, let's say, just for this enclosure and a graphics card. You can buy. You can go look at our build guides. You can buy a nice PC for 750 bucks. Yeah. So, um, so to go back to Amnesia Hayes' email, like. Someone like this, right? A student, someone who just has a laptop as their primary computer, he they cannot afford seven hundred and fifty bucks just to like maybe play games better. That yeah, just seems just, ludicrous to me. It's just uh it's just razor marketing at this point. I think once other people start adopting this technology, we're gonna be seeing much cheaper enclosures or even DYI enclosures. Like I I saw on modding forums like um like honestly, I think we're gonna see people maybe even like making their own enclosures once this technology is out. Um, but I, I at this price point, it's like marketing to the wrong people. Like I mean, it's just, the yeah. thing is it though, feels that, like... like with with they may not allow low price products to exist because like I go back to talking about G Sync. You know, that's G-Sync against is, G-Sync that's is against proprietary the... technology. There could be proprietary technology that they don't want others to replicate where they keep the prices high because they that's the only way they can end up making money back on it. Well, that's... But then you're talking about AMD, which that's not their approach. They're trying to be the more affordable option. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I just, like... Yeah. If, if Razer's product stands, is... Listen, if yeah. Razer's product is 500 let's say that, like, the budget option is, what, 300 no. That's still crazy. Yeah, I, I, I don't think, think it'd be I'd that pay, much. I don't, I don't think, think I'd pay be... more than like maybe a hundred bucks. It, I think we, I think we could see something like a hundred, hundred fifty bucks. Like that, it that is, makes sense to me. Yeah, one fifty, maybe two hundred, because it's functionally it's just a motherboard, right? So I mean, I'm I'm not sure of the actual technology that goes into it. I just know that like it doesn't really matter what the technology inside is it matters what the purpose it serves it matters like the problem yeah. it's solving i don't think that people care $500 enough like i don't i don't think people care $500 worth to solve this problem exactly cuz razer it's worth that much to people yeah razer has done shit like this before like they've um like they were the only people making like the left-handed razer like naga like the mmo mouse that like you know they're making that for a loss because it's appealing to such a low audience, like a, such a low target, um, but they did it anyways. But this feels like they made something for that target audience but didn't design it for that target audience. 
that's what I'm saying. It's like it's intended for someone, but then the razor marketing is like p- pointing yeah. it to someone that doesn't exist. Like that's exactly. that's yeah. The, well, and, they, and we should point out that uh, you can get you can get the core for three hundred and ninety nine dollars if Whoa. you buy it with a supported razor laptop. Oh so, man! Like, they they and they say in the article they ask if they're going to bundle uh, the core with a graphics card. And the quote is, it's definitely something we want to, ex- something we definitely want to explore, but I think in the short term is on the core and laptop discount. So they're like, I guess, hoping that people will buy laptops and then bundle this with it. But like, I, th- I think that... Because the hundred bucks difference is really... <laughs> I, I think that you would have to bundle this for free. Like, I honestly don't, I just don't see where you think that people are going to pay a lot of money for this enclosure like maybe if they were selling an enclosure with a video card inside it and like discounting it somewhat, you know, compared to a normal video card, maybe. But like I'm just not I don't know. I'm just every every piece of this doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it's just I think if it was anybody else, we wouldn't be seeing this price point. I think that's where I'm gonna end on that. I think uh Razor's trying to be Razor. I mean putting <laughs> trying to be some kind of apple of windows and putting a ridiculous price tag on it because they can. I think that's the extent of that. Um, I don't know. Well, I guess, I guess we'll see how much say AMD has in the actual technology, because I, I think the only way this catches on in any significant way is if AMD, you know, licenses that technology out to other, uh, OEMs and hopefully someone can get that price down significantly. Because I really, I just don't see this taking off as, I, yeah, I don't know, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this makes no sense to me. If any, if anyone, if anyone has like any idea how Razer plans to make a profit on this product and like actually get, actually sell any number of these, I would love to hear it. Yeah, if if you're not a student trying to save a buck and like, if this didn't apply to you, or if this applies to you. And price isn't a factor. If like, you're, let no, us know. No, if you're if you're a student and you can afford a razor blade and an enclosure, let me just stop you right there, okay? <laughs> and I'm going to tell you what you should do instead. You should probably get like a like a MacBook Air or something, like a small MacBook, and then whatever money you have left over, build yourself a beast gaming PC. That's what you should do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, as far as I've gone, it, I just buy shitty laptops and then put my the rest of my money into my desktop. Yeah, you just need so. something that can, like, handle Google Docs, and and then you're good. Like, that's all you need for college, unless you're, you know, like, I don't know, specialty major or something. There are edge cases. I'm just saying, like, I just don't... There are so few college students or people in that market that need, like, a really super powerful laptop. Like, get a cheap laptop, and if you like to play games... Get a like a you know a decent desktop and just have that at home. Yeah, I feel like we've said all we can about this. Yeah, we we oh man, we've given Razor exactly what they want. We've talked about it for like twenty minutes. <laughs> Talk about it. Yeah. The attention. <laughs> um, so I think you put the story in here, uh, Brad. That uh, we have we have a few quick hits. So we're on to the quick hits. These are ostensibly you know quicker conversations. Uh, that Nvidia is making the GameWorks source code publicly available. Yeah, it's basically like some of their technologies, like physics, um, some of their like faceworks technologies where um, you've seen demos of it at like E3 or something where games just 
just utilizing NVIDIA's software collection, they make their games better. Well, realistic, like realistically, it wasn't available for many people because it was you had to license it. It costed money or, you know, you had to do some kind of contract or something where NVIDIA was the, the brand, brand of graphics providers for that game. And now they're making it open source. So um, I, they haven't really released their terms yet, from what I understand. But the plan is to get all their technologies for, for GameWorks out on, like, GitHub or something so indie developers can start using these technologies and we can start seeing more tech um, in more titles. So Yeah, it's cool. It looks like uh, they had the PhysX stuff already on GitHub. And then uh, at GDC, they were going to add volumetric lighting and the FaceWorks demo. And then it says on this slide, coming soon, HairWorks, HBAO Plus, and WaveWorks. Um, so they're just adding these, they're adding the source code, you know, to a public GitHub page. Uh, and that's, I think that's a great, like, that's a great step forward. Um, yeah, and I think that only, again, I think that only encourages development for PC. And I only think that helps... That's kind of like the Tesla approach to like electric cars, I think, mm-hmm. where they put out their their trademarks and everything for other manufacturers to use. I think it only helps out games in the long run when Nvidia makes this open source. So, yeah, definitely. Um, I think our next thing was uh, the game Lawbreakers will no longer be f- will no longer be free to play and is exclusive to Steam. Um, Lawbreakers was, from what I understand, was like a new FPS coming out, right? Um, yeah, it's coming out from uh, Boss Key Productions, which is uh, Cliffy B's studio, and um, okay. it, it looks like they they basically just decided they didn't want to have to go the route of uh, sleazy sleazy tactics. The quote is they didn't want to go down the road of buying energy or other sleazy tactics, um, and they had act- they had uh, had some uh, gameplay out there from I think PAX and or maybe another show. Um, so they they had shown this at a at PAX, I believe, um, but then I guess they decided, you know, based on feedback or whatever, that they didn't want to do free to play. Um, and I I wouldn't be surprised if Overwatch had some uh, kind of some influence here because uh, everyone I think most people assumed Overwatch would be free to play, uh, and Blizzard announced that would be a one time purchase. So I think we. Who knows? Like we may be seeing a trend back to kind of the one-time purchase model, um, and I wouldn't be surprised I think if that's Lawbreakers. Exactly what I'm yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they had some sort of uh, you know cosmetic stuff that's that you can pay more for, or get you know chests or crates or whatever um, that costs more than that. Uh, but I, you know, as a as an old school FPS fan, I certainly don't mind seeing this. You know, seeing the return of kind of the one-time purchase. Um, just because I think that makes the playing field very level and from like something specific to first person shooters that I think doesn't get talked about much, but I is something I think is a big problem. And maybe the reason why Counter-Strike has not gone fully free to play is cheating. Uh, like cheating is rampant in free to play games because there's no penalty, right? If your account gets banned, just right. make another one. Yeah. Um, and so like, I think that probably plays into the decision here. It's, I, I don't know if it's actually stated. I, I haven't read the entire. So they context. said, uh, when they were developing the game, it became, how do we get money instead of how do we make a good game? And that became a distraction. Yeah. Um, 
Additionally, um, as far as the exclusivity to Steam, um, they just found that people didn't want to use a third-party like launcher or something, and would rather just launch something from Steam. Like Preach. the moment, the moment they have to go through step through step through step to like launch a single game that's out of the ecosystem that they're used to playing in, um, you know, gets people away from from the game itself. Um, it just, I, I think these moves are pretty logical. I think they want people to, obviously they want people to play these games. So, um, I don't know. I think, I think there's a lot to go into this. I think, um, when you're developing a game around how do we get money and that's your focus, like you start losing, um, some things like if you want to be taken seriously as like a competitive game, when you're on a free to play model, the things you sell are usually things that give you an advantage over others. So, I think that's something they were probably looking at. Um, yeah, like and- Cliffy B, you know, love him or hate him, I, I appreciate that he generally doesn't filter what he says. And I think there's just, there's a lot of truth here. Um, because one, if they, if they make a game that has, you know, a, a business model, a free-to-play business model that they think will be able to break even or whatever, like he's saying, you know, you have to be thinking about how do we get money? Um, because you're not charging for the game up front, so you have you you're incentivized to kind of make make things a little sleazier because you want you need to monetize people to keep the studio open. Uh, but the piece that's kind of missed there is if no one buys the game, then that doesn't end up mattering. Like if no one ends up playing the game, uh, if you don't get that critical mass of players with a free to play game, then it doesn't even matter in the first place. Um, so I think that's like that's a smart way to think about it. That if you make a great game. You can sell a ton of copies, and then like it doesn't really matter. Like you, the game will live on its own if it's a good game. Um, but the other thing is is like talking about not wanting to be on another platform. I think it's it's like we've seen so much of that lately with like UPlay making a real push. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's now an Epic Games launcher. Like there's there an is Epic one. one. Mm-hmm. It is like it is God. it is getting ridiculous. This this feels like the the IM program wars of like the nineties with <laughs> ICQ and MSN and AIM. Oh god. And yeah. like I feel like we are not too far away from you know, from like some some service that acts as like, you know, and all things you can log into all of your friends lists all at once. Um, because it's getting yeah. to that point. Like it really is getting getting a little unmanageable. Um, and I think like I, I know for me personally, I, I hate when something is on just like a specific store or like we were talking about Quantum Break the other week. Like I'm not in, I, I don't want to buy that game. I don't want to have one game dangling out in my Windows Store installs. Nope. That is not appealing to me. So I think it's it's like basically the there there's some smart stuff going on here. That yes, you should make a great game and you should make it easy for players to play. And, you know, look at something like Rocket League. Like, Rocket League is just, it's $20, and yes, it's multi-platform, like, it's not just on Steam, but they just make it easy to hop into a game and play. Mm-hmm. There's no, there, there are very few barriers in the way, and I think they've, they've done a good job, and a lot of indie titles do a good job, you know, that, like, yes, Steam is going to take some of your revenue, but sometimes those trade-offs are worth it unless you're getting a big bundle of cash uh, from Microsoft or someone else, you know, to keep it off of Steam or to put roadblocks up uh, in front of the players. And part of me feels like the success of this game 
like between free to play and like you know one time payment it comes down to popularity because that's what really shifted Overwatch from free to play to one time payment I feel it's because the game really took off popular like in popularity where there's like there's something unknown like for example Natural Selection 2 I feel like that game would would have really benefited if it went free to play yeah but um because it like because it was one time payment to get in regardless of how good it is if it just wasn't that popular so nobody it's that game's dead now for the most part mm. yeah that feels like the the challenge is if you if you make a game free to play you really have to hope that you do hit that critical mass of people playing so that it's super easy to match make <laughs> that you have a bunch of full servers um you know and and that's that's a hard thing to do because you only really get kind of one shot at that and you need look no further than our own tribes ascend uh, for you know to yeah. see that like that that is how the game lives and dies like it as long as people are playing you can continue building cool stuff and and like the the player base really drives further development in the game whereas a one time payment gives you a little bit of cushion like you know you can you can make a good game you could have a smaller player base and the game could still be successful um, and I, you know I think. If anyone should know how to like make their game successful in this genre, it's Cliffy B. So I, I mean, I'm looking forward to this game. It sounds like they are doing, they are specifically doing things to try and make a great game, or at least that's what they're saying. So I mean, I'm looking forward to playing it. I, yeah, I haven't, it doesn't look I haven't bad. played it yet. From what I've seen, it, it looks fun. I mean, it doesn't do anything, you know, unique. I'd say, but it looks cool. I haven't well, played. Hey, at least, at least if it's easy to play, if it's on Steam, like those are. That's, those are a couple of points in their favor already. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of... Uh, I don't have a good segue for this. Something, game, something you game play. Ubisoft machine. In spite of having to download Uplay, The Division <laughs> uh, apparently becomes the biggest new game franchise ever, which feels like... I think Ubisoft like declared that of themselves. I don't know if that's actually a fact. Um, Is this a but, paid article? No, I don't, no, I've seen like this this apparently, I mean, so they the division apparently hit 1.2 million concurrent users and pulled in an estimated 330 million dollars in its first 5 days. So those are not small numbers. Those are those are huge. Uh like 1.2 million peak concurrent users is massive. Yeah. Uh, so like I mean, I would not it doesn't necessarily surprise me with numbers like that that they could be the largest uh, new game franchise ever, but I guess I just wasn't. I don't know. This game didn't seem like it would be the one that like shatters all the records. I mean, it got hyped up for a long time. Well, I, I don't know if we talked about it last week, but I think I also saw that this this was Ubisoft's most successful game, like within a day of release or something like that. Like it was within 24 hours, they broke all their previous records. So I mean. Um, this this is probably this, this is huge. I mean, this uh, 1.2 million concurrent users. Um, what they say, 300,000, 330 million dollars in the first five days. Like that yeah, is and apparently the the peak concurrent on Steam was about 114,000 as of the writing of this article, and I'm guessing it probably hasn't gone up since then. Um, but yeah, I mean that is pretty impressive. Uh, the Ubisoft CEO. Uh, has a quote that's filled with a lot of awful buzzwords, um, but uh, the according to him, 
The Division is the latest example yet of our unique ability to deliver immersive gaming playgrounds that keep players engaged and that they eagerly share with their friends and community. Uh, so that is uh, that. Those are a lot of words, but uh, apparently, I mean, people people clearly are enjoying the game. Like you don't you don't sell that many copies accidentally, and I actually think the the concurrent users part is the impressive part. Yeah, um, because the like that tells you how many people are actually still engaged with the game. And uh, I guess I could go look on Steam and see what it is right now. Um, but like being you know peaking over a hundred thousand just on Steam is is very impressive. Uh, and I guess they obviously must have sold a ton on console uh, if they peaked at one point two million concurrent. Yeah, speaking of the general populace, like working in retail myself, the the oh, vision yeah. has been very, take. very, very popular. Like people calling <laughs> all the time to see if we have it. But there are a few people that come in who like it's been back and forth on the spectrum. Like people have like thought like they've been addicted to it, and some people have like come back to trade it like you know oh, it's just another part of the the ubisoft machine it sucks it feels like borderlands but with the, it's not funny <laughs> that was probably my favorite <laughs> i heard but, uh... yeah so they peaked uh, their current players about fifty six thousand, and they peaked today at about ninety two thousand. so I, I would say that's pretty impressive um i actually oh, yeah. i do i do want to give the game a try i've heard uh, i've heard you know mostly mostly positive things uh, well, I just I just want to tell Ubisoft, like, you know, if anyone out there is listening, this might be a good reason why delaying the game and make sure like it's ready when you release it is is a good thing. Like, um, I've seen too many times. We've all seen too many times where people have hyped up a game, released it when it wasn't ready, and then it was a flop. Um. Yeah. Well, I think you know Ubisoft is definitely. Uh... If they could just have more games like this, then maybe like it starts to make you play worth it. But I feel like it's man, I'm actually I'm just surprised that they they have that many players when like you play is standing in the way of that game. That's that's I mean, I wish I had more to say there. Yeah. I think that's probably enough. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this this article is not about gaming, but I figure it's close enough that we should discuss it. On the tech spectrum. Yeah, I mean, it It, it kind of tickles the technology fancy. Uh, I think, you know, pretty much all gamers like like a good pizza. Uh, Domino's is trialing an autonomous pizza delivery robot. In New Zealand. What? I look, I don't care where it is. No, I, that's, that's what makes or breaks this thing, though. Like, so... The the fact is, Domino's doesn't trust Americans. Like it's it's <laughs> <laughs> like they uh, do. I didn't see where you're hey, going with that. That's valid. Um, so are you saying they don't like they? You don't think they can the, trust Americans? No. Not to... well, okay. There's there's some flaws to this. So it's just it's just gonna go out and about deliver it to. There's not that many people in New Zealand where they're just gonna like hit the thing. Like um, this is I don't, incredible. I, I, I think being here in the States, uh, somebody would either shoot one, steal one, or hit one all within the first hour. And then not only that, but the other flaw with this thing is it only holds one liter sodas. So, I mean, it's unrealistic for our demographic. Um, <laughs> Those uh, are all valid points. So, 
Domino's must really trust uh, the New Zealand New Zealand people, and um, I can't. How is this going to work in America? America? Like, is it going to be? It won't. Who thinking like? (laughs) How is it going to make its way if they ever get to the point? Is there going to be like a pizza delivery drone lane that you can't drive in? Like that'd be valid. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I don't. I mean, God, but I'm looking at it and I feel like I'm high. Like, we finally reached a breakthrough in technology where we have pizza delivery drones. I mean, I guess they must consider the Kiwis a very trusting people. And, I mean, I I didn't... Like, wouldn't you need really high population density? Is the population that dense in New Zealand? I think think it's, like, I think it... I don't know. I think not that many people are there to begin with because they have to find fucking drones to deliver their pizzas for them, so... (laughs) I don't know. So, this, this, I mean, <laughs> this robot here uh, looks pretty. Looks pretty cool. You apparently you enter a code to get your pizza, so that someone doesn't steal your pizza out of the. Oh robot. damn it! It lifts. So. Foolproof. I don't know. This. I mean, I think this is uh, this is a great development in technology. We have Amazon working on drones to deliver our packages to us, and we have Domino's working on delivering pizza via robots. I, I, you know what? I welcome our future robot overlords if, I'm if they're going the to have video. things like this. I'm looking at the video from the article, and it just has the drone driving up on the sidewalk and parking outside their house. And this couple walks out, like so happy to finally get the pizza. <laughs> like, if I okay, well, we're speaking long term here, but if I ever see this like drone driving around, I'm gonna hitch a ride on top of the. I'm gonna That's jump my on first thing. That's why they're not trying it in yeah. America because exactly. everyone's thinking. I'm going to do stupid stuff to it. I'm going to hop on for a ride and like take a selfie on top of the pizza robot. That's why we can't have nice things. My interest in living in New Zealand has just spiked an incredible amount. Americans can't be trusted. It's just a known fact, and Domino's was willing to accept that. So, I mean... I want to see what the what the hit back is now that we see this from Domino's. Like, what is Pizza Hut working on? What is Papa John's working on? Like, I want to see some competition in the pizza delivery robot space. Just a pizza cannon. Do you have to tip the drone? Oh, that's a good point. I bet you don't. No, I I actually think think that like that actually makes it way better. That is a great advantage. That makes it way better because like I think you know that's one of the reasons people like Uber. You don't have to worry about tipping. You just get out of the car and it charges your credit card. Like same thing with the pizza robot. I just wanna, I just wanna grab my pizza and be done. I don't wanna have to kind of go through the whole tipping thing and decide like how nice is the pizza guy. Yeah, all that awkward phase. Yeah, it's awkward. (laughs) It's genius. I can't wait for our future. All right. Well, it's uh, it's your move there, uh, Papa John's and Pizza Hut. Waiting to see what you come up with. Uh, And last, last up in the quick hits here. Uh, it's just a quick thing about Firewatch. Uh, Firewatch apparently sold 500,000 copies in the first month and made its investment back in the first day. Woo! So uh, indie gaming, I would say, alive and well uh, for you know a game like that that basically I, caught fire. I really wanted to say that indie games uh, really owe... I wouldn't say owe, but there's a lot to do with Twitch. Like Twitch is there, or YouTube. Oh, you don't say. Yeah, but but like they owe a lot to these communities because it's like a free marketing program where they could just send yeah. them a key, like, hey, you get to stream it a day early, and everybody else can like see it, and then just from that gameplay, they probably I would say lose a lot of sales. 
Sorry. No, not at all. I don't you, think so. You would think that, but like that's the thing is it's not it's not about losing sales. Like a lot of people will watch the game and then they want to experience it for themselves. I mean, yeah. watching someone play it is not the same mm-hmm. as playing. Uh, I think it probably gets people. It, it draws people in. Like once you start watching it, the then this is kind of my experience with the game. Like I've watched it very briefly and was like, okay, this game looks cool but I actually don't want to watch anymore because I don't want to ruin it. Like I want to play through it myself and experience yeah, it myself. Exactly. So that's what, that's what keeps me wanting overwatch. Uh, this was going to let me, I was going to buy this game until I saw a gold glove play the ending of firewatch oh, <laughs> by accident. Yeah. I came oh, right no. at the very end. Um, so that ruined it for me. But then this also kept me, um, from wanting games like the division and siege, um, I just didn't see the appeal. Uh, it didn't look like my $60 and I was okay with just watching someone else play it. So there's definitely, it's a double edged sword there, but, um, I think, I think it really is a testament. They even, they even mentioned streamers, uh, firewatch mentioned streamers and YouTubers that play these games. Um, there was well over 15 million views of firewatch on YouTube alone. So, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. There's no, they couldn't really run any, I don't know, I'm sure they could have, but uh, uh, ran some stats on Twitch. But, I mean, there had to have been millions upon millions of views just from big streamers like Gold Glove, for instance, playing it. So, yeah. I mean. Yeah, um, I think it and, helps. Um, it also helps that, like, they just made what, for, by all accounts, like a good game. I think it's it's the. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no better that's way. What, of... That's what, like, ultimately determines the success is, yes, if it's a good game, then, like, that is how you will. That's how a game will get big on YouTube and Twitch because it's just people watching the actual quality, and you can't, like, you exactly. can't hide from the quality of the game. If it's a good game, people will gravitate to it. Yeah. That's, yeah, easy marketing. When you have an easy, like, you have a good game to play and people can just pick it up and, like, everybody watching can enjoy it, um, there's not much else you need to do there. And it's, it's proven to be successful, I think, so. Yeah, yeah this news is really reassuring to me because I got worried, like, because Firewatch, it was, like, brought up that a lot of people have been abusing, like, the Steam refund thing on it, right? So... Like people just playing it and then doing the Steam refund. So to hear that they did that actually happen like, though, I feel like that I hadn't heard. I that. mean, if that I goes. It would go beyond the two. It would go beyond the two-hour. I don't know though. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I feel like you know, short shorter games are always going to run that risk. But it is good to see that they like. I, I don't think many people are doing that. Like it's one of those games that I think if you if you play through it and you actually enjoyed it. I'm hard pressed to think there are that many people that in good conscience can go and request a refund. Like you yeah. don't, I mean, at the end of the day, most people are still, I don't know. I don't, I don't think people are going to ask back for like how much is that game? $20. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on, got to support, you got to support devs doing cool, smaller projects like that. Right. All right. So, uh, that's it with the news. I don't have a good segue for this one, uh, except that we are going into the new releases uh, there are apparently a lot of new releases here, so Katie's in. Take us, take us through the yes. high points, the low points. The let's let's begin the new releases. First off, I think I might have to pass it over to Brad for this one. But the Fallout Four, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Fallout Four has a part of its first season pass of DLC. Like, there's three DLC packs they announced, and the first one is Automatron. Comes out on Tuesday. 
Um, like I said, just check out kbmod.com on Tuesday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Maybe but we'll have something. something yeah, we might have something. But uh, it, I can't really talk about it other than there's robots and um, there's a little story involved. And uh, yeah, that's Tuesday. All right. But yeah, next up, um, we always like to go through the new releases on Steam. And it's it's always great. This week... There are actually a lot of fucking games that came out, and I filtered through a lot. I actually had about like thirty tabs open of like different <laughs> games that caught my eye. So I went through a bunch. I tried to pick out the best. Some were really good. Some are unspeakably bad. But um, I, I think we've got a real treat for everybody. So first off uh, is the a good game, Day of the Tentacle Remastered, is coming out on March twenty second, uh, which kind of in the vein of uh was it uh, grim fandango they got like the hd remaster from like double fine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah to see this is a game that i've heard like a lot about from um was it tim schaefer did this yeah. or is like a really big fan of, yeah so i'm probably gonna pick this up to see what all the hype is about but that comes out on the 22nd if you pre-order it it's 10 percent off at 13.49 so hop on that next up is a game called marooners which is an early access. It looks like a a puzzle game that has quite a bit of polish to it. This looks like Mario Party. It is uh, Mario Party. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, it's Mario Party. Oh, I, I was only looking at one screenshot. Yeah. Yeah. If you the first one's kind of deceiving, but if you look at the rest of them, it's basically Mario Party. It doesn't really look like that great of a game. I'm going to be honest, but um, <laughs> like it's just. Anytime a developer is introducing more split screen or co-op games on PC, it is okay in my book. Now there yeah, are some. Sure. This looks yeah. like an okay uh, way to implement that uh, because we all know and have played Mario Party in the past. So on PC, like that should be all right. So yeah, for sure. We were talking about this earlier. Like any kind of like in this genre on PC is definitely awesome because there's not a lot of it. So. Yeah, I mean, it's like I actually think something like Mario Party could be a lot of fun to play online, where you're just oh, like yeah. you're not. It's not split screen or whatever. It's just like you're playing online. I don't know if that says online support. I'm just, I'm just. Saying. It does, yeah. Okay, that's, that's awesome. I mean, that's all right, and it's going into early access, so you know they're kind of using early access to, uh, according to them, help help the help the have the players help them find the flaws, voice their preferences. Uh, and probably spend a few months in early access before they actually, you know, launch launch for real. Awesome. So definitely pick that up or <laughs> look at it. It's called Mooners. Definitely get that and not the newest Mario Party. Because that game is ass. I had a terrible experience with that. I played that with my the whole family. We all listen, we all is there sat a story down. Here? Yeah, we all played I feel like everyone has a an angry Mario Party story. No, we were at our we went to our local family video. Mm. And uh, we were like, what's a good, we have this Wii U, what's a good party game the whole family can play? We tried the newest Mario Party that has, like, Bowser on the gamepad. That, that was a whole new dimension of just a ruined evening. <laughs> like, one person plays on the gamepad, and they're Bowser, and everyone else, oh, like, tries God. to advance. And so it basically turns into that one player being a dick. Oh, yeah. And the entire family hating that one person. Oh, yeah, that was me, one. by the way. So I felt pretty awful about that. That game sucked. But yeah, true it feelings suck. come out. Yeah. Anyways, this isn't the the we all hate Mario Party 
podcast. But uh, yeah, Marooners comes out on the 24th. Maybe you'll uh, have better up. luck with your family playing Marooners. Yeah, hopefully. I'll get all the gaming rigs out. <laughs> I'll play that. <laughs> but uh, next up is a game called Spaceman Sparkles 3D. There is a Spaceman Sparkles 2D came out before this that looked like a cute little, you know, you know, what do you even call it? Action, Survivor, Arcade. Arcade, yeah, Arcade kind of game. But this one, it has like 3D. Just going by the um, the trailer on its Steam page, it looks like it's uh, like it looks pretty interesting. It looks I like recommend it has, um, like disco vibe to it. What are you gonna say? I was gonna say I recommend it to anyone checking it out to like actually listen to the soundtrack because I was listening to it muted and didn't look that interesting. But I think the soundtrack, like if that's what's really included yeah. with the game, like that's gonna add a lot. I think so. Yeah, for uh, sure. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, it looks interesting. Looks cool. Tell me about this next game. Uh, You know what? Every now and then going through the games, there... (laughs) God, the trailer started. There are games that are... You have to factor in how... how, Is this going to be easy to talk to people about? This is... Here, I'll just read the... Actually, read the description for me. I will. This game is called Candice DeBebe's Incredibly Trick Lifestyle. It's a saucy sexy 3d action <laughs> rpg about a young woman with a heart voice and fake tan of gold um the trailer for this game the trailer for this game on steam uh has a male narration of a man talking like this uh this is canvas my i'm not even gonna keep that up any longer but you get the idea it's you have to see it for yourself i'm not gonna recommend this game I purely the, want to just have discussion about this. The about this game is somewhat of a letter from Candice. It says, I, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it starts with, I, I'm Candice in it. That's me. I can't even read this. I, need to, I think that's not what she sounds like, Katie. Is it? I played the... No, that's not. No, you need to... I feel like you're speaking in, in Katie Zen's voice. <laughs> no, but if you have you listened to the trailer? No. I'm I'm that is I'm what broadcasting live right now, so I need you I need you to really sell the about this game <laughs> section that's written by Candace. I don't want to sell this game. You shouldn't buy this. Why did I add this to the section? <laughs> I'll just say assets. I really want you to read the first paragraph. Okay. <laughs> I I want to do this in a normal voice. I don't think I can bear to. Come on. Because the audience I'm, demands it. I I'm Candace and it that's me up in the photo, the biggest one, as well as as I am well important. <laughs> and this is an action RPG about all the incredible trick lifestyle of me and my mites. So basically <laughs> I was going to get myself a fake tan one day when an evil stinging sensation named Crystal turns up and starts carving havoc in it. <laughs> Naturally, I was having that and tried to stop her. That was tried to stop her with the number two. Sadly, I fell, and she stole my mate's tanning business. <laughs> All was lost. Then I remembered I have magical powers. I could shoot out magical bullets in every direction, like some sort of human twin-stick spaceship or something. I used this knowledge to go... <clears throat> okay, you get the idea. Uh, game looks like shit. Don't buy it. It's called Candace DeBebe's Incredibly Trick Lifestyle. Next game. Uh, this next game looks like a good game. It's called Poly Race. Uh, it looks like um, it's a co-op, not not co-op. What am I saying? It's a racing game. 
um, somewhat in the vein of, I'd say, F Zero going really fast, or like what? What is it? Wave Racer? Yeah, it looks uh, like an F Zero, like in just low land, like landscapes. Yeah, it looks cool, and like you're guided through an area by you know a trail of lights on the ground, uh, and if you bump into like a tree or like a pile of a pile of rubble or anything, you're gonna get slowed down a lot. So it looks like it's very easy to get frustrated at this game, and that enough was cool. And then I read the about me. Or the about this, not the fucking Facebook page about this. <laughs> the about this, or like, about this game, yeah. It's randomized tracks from like a procedural algorithm. So all the tracks are random, so you're going to have to constantly like oh, cool. pay close attention to the terrain. And what I, what I love the most about this is that they could very easily pump this up with a shitload of motion blur going this fast, but they elected to not do that, which that makes me very happy. Uh, it's got a cool like design to it, uh, like all polygonal. It's called Polyrace, but that looks cool. That comes out on the twenty fourth. No word on the price yet, as with most indie games, but that's one to keep an eye out for. Looks like pod racing. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah, that one's called Polyrace. Uh, but next up, this one really pains me because I was really hoping APL would be on the cast to talk about this, but uh, I don't know if any of you long-time KB mod followers remember APL playing for Extra Life, this game called Dreadout, which is an Indonesian survival horror game, I believe, uh, where you were like this schoolgirl with a, a camera. Uh, uh, it, was, it was a long time ago that he played that, and it looked pretty scary, but that's getting a somewhat of a sequel. It's a new standalone. It's called Dreadout Keepers of the Dark. It's a new standalone horror game that takes place in the same universe. It's like a missing chapter which you play as the same characters with even more like, you know, challenges to face more levels. It looks like only two more brand new levels that weren't included before, but still like more to that game. It looked like a pretty interesting game. So yeah, more dread out as always. Like interesting. I, part of this trailer has the, the character pulling out her phone and taking a picture of like this monster. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, uh, that was like a lot of, that was kind of a mechanic in the first one. You, it was like a lot of revolving around the camera, but um, okay. but yeah, that looks cool. That comes out on the I didn't put in the dock, so I have to awkwardly March load up 24th. the Steam page. March twenty fourth, March twenty fourth is when that game comes out. So finally, <laughs> this is uh, this is an RPG Maker game. Uh, I know you love those. <laughs> it's called. Take the Dream IX. Uh, I'm going to paste it in the chat here. And I really advise all of our audio listeners to please, please look this up on Steam. It's called Take the Dream IX. This has got to be one of the most cringiest listings I've ever gone through. You are immediately greeted with an autoplay trailer of... Now, one draw about this RPG Maker game is that it's fully voice acted. Now, something about voice acting and RPG Maker doesn't go quite together, so you can't expect some great talent from the voice cast. It has a man saying, I, I'm playing the trailer, and I, I, I can't do it justice. Please just listen to it for yourself. I, it, it looks very interesting. It looks very edgy. Give him, give him a tease. You, just, you start it up, and you hear, like, I love you. I love you. Well, love is feeling. Love is life. Love is true. This is happening as he walks through the, like the stock, 
<laughs> default asset town that this guy made. <laughs> God damn it. It's it's very, very cringe. I recommend all of you look it up. It's called Take, Take the Dream IX. It could turn out to be, you know, it looks ambitious. I don't know. I feel like there's a reason most RPG makers are not voice acted. Yes. I would I would agree. There's a reason Undertale is not voice acted. And in such many Undertale videos in which they try to do voice acting just does not work well at all. Anyways. All back right. Well, that was uh wow, that was a wild ride. Yeah, there were good ones, there were bad ones. There was Candice DeBebe's Incredibly Trick Lifestyle. Always fun going through the, the new releases on Steam. All right, so um, next up, before we get started with the viewer questions, we, uh, we had a piece of fan mail uh, this week in our inbox from Jordan. and uh, just wanted to give him a shout-out because uh, he found the cast recently uh, after uh, separating from the Coast Guard. And uh, he'd had kind of some rough times. And uh, he said the podcast, you know, really uh, helped him helped him feel better. And, uh, and he, he said some very nice things about the community and about the cast. Um, so thanks, Jordan, for listening. Um, and he, he also, uh, just to show he, he does indeed have, uh, have some intellect, uh, he does mention <laughs> mm-hmm. at the end of his email that the external GPU docks are by far useless to the average person slash gamer. Uh, you should just build yourself a mini ITX LAN rig. So... Um, I concur, uh, Jordan, and thank you for the mail. Uh, so now on into the viewer questions, and uh, Katie's and I, I would love it if you would take the first one here. Okay. Uh, first question from at Evan Previk asks, what's your favorite type of cake? <laughs> Mine is keke, or bukaki, <laughs> or bu cake. Bu cake, yeah. Bu cake yeah, or bukaki. <laughs> Wait, is that an actual cake or? Yeah. Well, I I think it's just the way he pronounces oh. it because he he Bu-cake. spelled favorite. Oh the... yeah, yeah. That may so... be like an English pronunciation. Oh, I'm right. not I thought sure. he was going for some kind of bukaki reference. Uh, I'm sure he wouldn't do that. No, I don't yeah, think. Not on a cast like this. No. Um, but, um, so, what's your favorite type of cake? I haven't had a lot of. Uh, I will tell you. I, Are you wanting I, another kind of? Go for it. Wait, did you? You, you haven't had a lot of types of cake. What that no, no, mean? I'm not very well versed on cake. I guess I know you're. I know you're pointing this question to me because you want another like fondue kind no, of. No, answer. no, I'm not. I, that's or, not even like why. That. That's not even why I pointed it to you. But I'm just. I'm. I would be surprised when you say something like, "I'm not very familiar with different types of cake." I mean, you're. You know, you've been well, around long enough that, like, I'm sure you've had. You've had family gatherings or holidays where there have been cakes present. No. Well, to be honest, for a long time, when I was younger, the only cake I had was not very good. So I had a really bad first impression of cake. So I didn't like find out until like maybe like two or three years ago, I had started having a lot of cake. And then I'm like, God, this is like really good. And I was missing out on all this. So I'm not really well-educated on cake. I used to honestly think it was disgusting. Another piece of the puzzle but, uh, falls into place. Listen, I wanted, I drove out to Wendy's an hour ago. I swear <laughs> to God, I was going to buy some, oh I was going to do a whole thing. I was going to prepare like a speech for like the audience and I was going to get some loaded fondue fries to eat on the cast, but they were, they stopped making them. Oh, they told you don't me that say. Loaded, yeah, it was a seasonal item. How is loaded fondue fries a seasonal, seasonal. item? <laughs> like are you kidding me 
I was so disappointed. I was heartbroken I had to go home without my loaded font. That sounds to me like potentially a cover-up after being exposed no! only a few short weeks oh, ago. I wish it was. Uh, they pulled their national campaign for fondue fries. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, so you think about your favorite type of cake. I know you can come up with one. Brad, what's your favorite type of cake? I don't have a favorite, but I have a least favorite. Okay. And that is fucking ice cream cake. I swear what? to God. What? No. How, how does ice cream cake fall lower than like fruit cake? I, so or... here's the thing. I don't know what happened and I don't know what drove my parents to do this but it must have been when i was like seriously like six or seven or something but i told them once i i must have liked ice cream cake and they never bought anything else for the rest of my life oh no <laughs> i fucking hate it now i never want to see another ice cream cake in my life like it uh, is so you hate it because you've been inundated with it exactly yes i okay. uh, so um now it's not necessarily like i mean it's it's okay like I I like some, but it's like if I had to choose any cake, that would be my least favorite. Um, All right, well, so give give me something here. I'll go because I feel like neither of you are really delivering here. My favorite type of cake, I would like. I like a lot of different types of cake. I think my favorite would probably be a good cookie cake. Uh, like for a lot of my birthdays, I've had cookie cake specifically from the Great American Cookie Company. They make a killer cookie cake. Um, but I also, I actually, I don't have a problem with ice cream cake. I don't have it very often, but maybe that's why I like it because it's kind of, a, you know, it's a delicacy. It's a rarity. Uh, but I'll go for pretty much any type of like good chocolate cake. Like if there's, if there's a cho- like a rich chocolate cake on the menu, that's usually probably what I'll go for. Um, but yeah, yeah. I feel you guys have to have a favorite type of cake. Like, um, come on. I have it so not often. That might think about like you know ice cream cake, red velvet cake. They're all so good. Okay. Like all right, so you cheesecake just have this, too. So you just have this childlike joy whenever anyone presents you with cake. <laughs> yeah. I, how, okay. The, I mean, the look on your I've face says it. everything. So uh, <laughs> I, I once. This is a really long story, but I'm going to try and keep it short. Where um, I once was. Like in middle school, I was a part of different clubs and stuff, and my school district had decided to pick like random like students from their leadership to pick like a new superintendent. Like it was super weird, but um, they picked like ten to twenty students that would help the school district pick their new superintendent. Well, at this event, um, they had like free catering and stuff, but they had like a lot of cheesecake. And I, I swear to you, I, I, I was skinny then too, and everything. I ate like four cheesecakes. What? <laughs> it was, no. I don't, it must have been my first time. But I no. ate like, and and then like I seriously felt so sick that day. But uh, my wow. <laughs> teacher, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I like so cheesecake. How, wait, how do you not like cheesecake now when you had a traumatic experience like that? Gorging yourself on four cheesecakes. Well, so the, the thing was, I really liked cheesecake. So I would say cheesecake, chicks, cheesecake is up there. Okay, is like one of my favorite. But uh, like I just don't, you know, I don't go out to get okay, it. Okay, well, I I can't believe that it took you that long. When you have a story like that, I think you like clearly cheesecake sounds like your favorite type of cake. It took a bit. Well, back like in the, the day, yeah, it was. <laughs> 
Man, just the mental image of that. I like to That's... imagine you're sitting Four at a table. Four cheesecakes is a lot. Four no, they were... at once. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was ambitious wow. <laughs> to say the least. Well, that's impressive. Yeah, I think che- there's we could probably have a debate about whether cheesecake is cake, but I think for this question we'll let it slide. I actually looked up list of cakes on Wikipedia, and it's on there. Wow. So. Okay. <laughs> list of cakes. <laughs> All right. I feel I feel like you having to Wikipedia list of cakes. <laughs> I. I forgot about some of these, though. I forgot about some of these, like Boston cream pie. Like, I forgot about that. That's pretty good. Angel Um, cake's not bad. Oh, yeah. I can get down. List Uh, of cakes. See, now you've made me interested. Carrot cake? I kind of like carrot cake. Uh, It's okay. There are a lot of different types of cakes on here, like some really obscure stuff. Ooh, coffee cakes are good. Man. They make coffee cake as a thing? Yeah. I Absolutely. love coffee and I like cake. So, oh, oh you've never had coffee? You've cake? Gotta get out more. No. This is yeah, dude. Okay, yeah, oh, I have to get out you're... more from the man. I am the man who's only experienced the fondue. Has been fondue fries. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I, the the yeah. evidence just keeps piling up. You need to get out and experience some different types of food. <laughs> I'm a sheltered man. <laughs> I love on this list that hash brownies is listed as a cake. <laughs> hash brownies, <laughs> like. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Well, Wikipedia is uh, is user edited and curated, so I guess uh, I guess that makes sense. Uh, so next from uh, Learn to Spell, he asks a pretty simple question: paper or plastic? Uh, paper. No, plastic. Paper. Plastic. See, so here in California, or in like certain counties, they charge you for bags at the grocery yeah. store. What? They charge you like ten cents for a bag. Same so here. my my answer now, now that I'm now that I have to pay for either type of bag, would be I try and bring my own and then I inevitably forget them in the car and so I end up paying for whichever type of bag I need. But I don't know. I, I think huh. either either way, like paper is for paper is for like the heavier stuff, you know, like your your milk and other like other things that fit nice and neat. But plastic bags are just like throw whatever in there, canned yeah. food, like any anything, like weird shaped stuff. Throw it in a plastic bag. I feel like you need both. You need a good balance. Yeah, I feel like plastic is definitely more capable to different tasks, but uh, it's also has the potential to be shit and like tear. Yeah, from, like, no, you know what I think stuff. the real answer is: double bag plastic, because that's really the true that, yeah. versatile option. That's factually the right answer. Yeah, yeah. We'll go with double bag plastic. Okay. All right. Uh, so last up, uh, oh, we Jesus. have a we have a bit of a you know bit oh, of a bef- story. Before we get into this, uh, we should just say that we received a few emails, um, but some of them, you know, some of them have been returning people that have been writing us. But let's just be honest. Um, they're not up to par with some of your guys' previous work. I'm, I'm got, gonna, yeah. keep the We're not gonna up. say names. You gotta keep the quality up. It doesn't matter who the name is. We get we get you know yeah. hundreds of emails every week. You know, so it's a lot to go through. No, we don't get hundreds, Let me... but we do get we do get some. And uh, so we we've said this before, but it's worth reminding people that you have to up your game when you send an email because otherwise, yes. like if it can fit in a tweet, right? There's a little bit of a lower bar. 
But on the email questions, we have to have a higher bar because you have, you know, you have unlimited space to go wild. So yeah, there's I a can... bit of a higher threshold here. But I think, you know, this one, I've been told, I... I haven't actually read this yet, that this is like a pretty solid one here. Yeah, I can say as someone who has risen from successful email questions That's to true. a regular on the cast. That's true. If you, if you ever strike, if you ever hit gold with an email, you need to wait and refine your next email because you can't afford to take a dip down. I took a dip down, and yeah. it hits. It hits hard. A true rags to riches story for yes. in here. <laughs> yeah, who Sometimes gained, gained I go back notoriety to, uh, from literally sending in podcast questions. Episode eighty-eight. So I think have... I think it's fair to say the sky is the limit. Uh, but you do have to know. You have to know when to hold back. When maybe you know there you you haven't you haven't produced your best work. I think it yeah. takes a true artist to know when it's not ready yet. Never feel pressured to put something out every week. Don't feel don't feel like you have to try every time. Sometimes you'll get a great idea for an email on Monday. Make sure you write it down and don't try to force yourself anyways. We need, we need a we need a guide to writing email questions from you. Yeah. I feel like you're the you are the, the prodigal son here. <laughs> I'm the go-to. But yeah, All this right, one So let's let's hop into this one here. So who would like to read this? No, this this is all you. You're, this is this is your forte. <laughs> okay. This is from D. Wit. Hello, Cumbod. I was sitting and reflect. Cumbod. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting and reflecting on the deep mysteries of the universe the other day, such as when did Wendy's decide that they were qualified to even traffic and fondue <laughs> and all, and why is it called a gooch? <laughs> then I realized that we've had no confirmation on if Katie Zen and Brandon have met in real life. As such, I will proceed on the assumption that they haven't. When I imagine Katie and Brandon meeting in real life, Katie will look down at his feet, sc- scuffing his untied New Balance. Oh my god, they've been <laughs> New Balance on sticky ground. God, that's the that's the shoe I have. God, that's he's, that's he's really nailing it so far. Yeah. As Brandon looks on with folded arms and a furrowed brow, about to offer a stern reprimand for Katie's latest video, in which he decided to take the concept of poking a mayonnaise jar a bit too far in terms of what of what was doing the poking. <laughs> Shout out, so that was a quality video. Katie finally works up his re- resolve and wraps his arm around Brandon in a sudden hug. Brandon is dumbstruck. His arms remain folded for a second or two. The aforementioned admonish admonishment on his lips but his heart melts as does his rebuttal <laughs> as, <laughs> as he returns to the hug for a few brief seconds before they break apart katie looks at brandon shyly with shining eyes before scurrying off to the, to his desk with keyboard tray to work on his new rpg counter strike guardians of orion or <laughs> csgo <laughs> with, with blushing inspiration <laughs> Brandon remains motionless for a few seconds, torn by a whirlwind of emotion, before a small, crooked smile appears on his face, the merest hint of an A, (laughs) before he returns to his docking station to update his firmware and make sure his mirror hasn't consumed anyone's soul without probable cause. (laughs) My question for the cast is, when was a notable time that you met someone you knew... You knew well only through the internet. How did it go? Hails and hugs, D. Wit. 
Wow. That's, that's a pretty impressive story. I well think that's, done. Uh, so we actually, we have not met in real life. Uh, no. And, and myself. So we now have a, at least a template for how that yeah. could go. Uh, you know, I would say at least like half of that seems very plausible. I'd really hope that when, cause it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when we meet in real life. Cause one of these extra oh, of lives sooner or later, one of these lands, I'm really hoping that neither of us, this question comes to neither of our minds. Cause then we have that kind of meme pressure to live up to the yeah. meme. Yeah. That's true. I don't believe should that's true. Time. Yeah. It's It's, I mean, and you have, I feel like, Everyone has an online personality, but you know a lot of us are are a bit different in real life. So yeah, yeah we you know I don't think we could keep up. I'm I'm sure we would be, just be friends. I'm sure we would just be good friends when we met. Yeah, we we'd be those two guys standing at the party that you know would you know <laughs> how's the you you, you play Doom yet? <laughs> yeah, it's good. Huh? <laughs> I played the multiplayer the other day, and then you know as we sip our Henry's hard orange soda. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Well, so so, do you guys have have an answer here? When was a notable time that you met? Someone I did. You knew I do actually. Okay, go ahead. It was actually with Scott. I um, was gonna say, yeah, you have a prime. Oh, example. the video, the PAX video. Yeah. So um, I was doing work for Scott there for a while. Um, you know, getting some stuff going with the stream, and uh, we agreed to go to PAX Prime together. And um, this is actually the first time he would meet me, but he. We decided we would share like a hotel and stuff like that, and I'd have uh, like a pull away bed or something. And him and him and his girlfriend was going, um, but they didn't know me, so <laughs> I I know his girlfriend, and I, I text her sometimes and stuff, and, and we just like to mess with Scott. But I thought I'd turn it around and mess with her for 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 the first time. So I told her, like this was just days before Pax Prime that. I had a special skin condition and that <laughs> and that I would need her to put ointment on my back oh, at least <laughs> at least every a few hours and that Scott was skirmish or something so he couldn't do it. So he told me she could <laughs> I was hoping that she would be okay with it. And all I got in return was like dot dot dot. <laughs> like Scott told me she was freaking out the whole time and then uh it was it was pretty good. Um but um I love that tweet. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. So, uh, but no, that was my first experience, and uh, it was great. Uh, we got we kicked it off pretty well, and um, yeah, still still friends. That's a, that's so. a pretty that's a pretty recent one. Yeah, yeah, it is. Do you have Do you have one, uh, KD? Someone uh, you've met from the interwebs? No, I, I don't. Every everyone for you, everyone is still internet friends. Yeah, yeah, I've. No, I haven't really gone out that much. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> All right then. Well, is it, I've yet to. Met, uh, you haven't met uh, anyone even like boring that you've only known through no, the internet. Like I've met people that know me. Like surprisingly, there is a guy like at the college I go to that like watches the APL stream, and I asked him like, "Hey, you know that guy he plays Resident Evil with? Hey, it's me." And. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so like, that, that oh counts. God, no yeah, that, that kind of counts. counts. That guy is a dick, by the way. I mean, you didn't know, did him, not you didn't know him well, like, but like you know, that's that's a connection at least. Yeah, but I don't want to have that be my default. 
I don't actually like that story. <laughs> All right. But, uh, well, yeah. I, uh... hopefully one day I could, I'll be able to say that it was with Brandon. Ah, oh. yeah. We yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah. One of these what about stories. you? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I have, I have quite a few, uh, I mean, I could, I mean, I could say John, uh, cause John is like, that's, that's probably the most impactful one, uh, given that he's, you know, primary reason that I even live out here on the, on the West coast. Right. Um, but I knew John for a long time before I met him in person. Um, but I actually, uh, back when I, I was probably in, I guess I would have been in maybe in college or maybe it was still high school. Um, I, you know, I ran with a, uh, a clan that I had run with for a long time, uh, like back even into like late middle school days. Uh, and that's actually where I met John, but there are, you know, other people in this clan. And, uh, I remember that I drove, uh, one of, one of the guys was in the, um, was in the air force, I think. And, uh, and so San Antonio, if, if, like I'm sure a lot of people don't know, but San Antonio has several Air Force bases um, right. and is actually a pretty popular place for um, people in the Air Force to either have basic training or you know get stationed uh, for one reason or another. Uh, and so he was down in San Antonio for uh, for some some training thing, and he was staying downtown. And so I had never met him uh, through you know I'd only known him through the internet, but I'd known him for several years at this point. Uh, so I, I think, I don't remember what I told my parents, but I, I think, I don't know. I'm not sure if I told them the truth or if I kind of was like, oh yeah, I'm going to see a friend. Cause I had a car. It was like short, shortly after I started driving. And, uh, and so I went downtown and hung out with him and, you know, we, like we went to dinner and it was, uh, it went fine, I guess. But like, it was a little bit, it was a little bit weird because you have to remember this was, uh, this would have been like probably 2005 or something. So it was still kind of like weird to, you know, meet people in real life that, that right. uh, you only knew through the internet. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was like all, all of my encounters with people I've met from the internet have pretty much always been positive. And, uh, and the, the, you know, fantasy my mom had of like someone from the internet being a, a, a rapist or you know, a child molester <laughs> Uh, has luckily, you know, was never, never anywhere rooted in reality. Um, so yeah, that, that's, you know, I've met a lot of people from the internet. They, it's pretty much always gone well, but I've been, you know, cool. I've been doing this a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we come to that time in the podcast where we're almost, uh, almost at the end, but, uh, would like to remind everyone that we are on iTunes uh, we have an audio version of this cast. We do it live every week, uh, Sunday, here on Twitch, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern. But if you can't catch it live, uh, or if you're in the car, or, you know, if whatever reason you enjoy listening to podcasts uh, via audio, uh, we are on iTunes. And uh, if you search KB Mod, we're, like, either the only result or one of two results. I don't know why the other result is there, uh, but we're. I think you should be able to find us. If you can't find our listing on iTunes, then, like, you're probably, you probably have much greater problems in your life. But if you go to our iTunes page, uh, please leave us a review if you haven't already. Uh, and leave us five stars. Uh, if it's five stars, we'll look through it and we may read it. Um, so each week we feature a review, uh, or usually if we get one and if it's not bad. Um, and so this week uh, we have one that doesn't have a title, but uh, I mean... It is an interesting story, uh, and certainly one of the more personal stories we've received. Uh, so, who, 
Katie Zim, would you like to would you like to to fill us in here on this story? Uh, he he has his mic muted. You see, if you were if you were watching, no! you would know. Oh, see, the, the audio listeners didn't realize there was just just white space. Okay, bro, stop. <laughs> I feel like I've been hogging them. I want to pass it to Brad. Okay, uh, this is by Philip A. Butt. Um, <laughs> I didn't get it until you said it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but I like to call him Phil. <laughs> Uh, I listen to the KM Bod when I'm at work. I get a weekly urge to kill my boss, but when I listen to you guys, keeps me going for another week. Unfortunately, you guys haven't had a podcast for the last two weeks, and I couldn't hold myself back. I am now in Japan <laughs> posing as a high school teacher, and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> when I looked at this review, I didn't really know what to think because it kind of goes all over the place. Like these these sentences could just be like strewn together. They don't even feel like they're part of the same review. Yeah. Where did posing in Japan as a high school teacher? I can't that tell kind of... if his I can't tell if like his boss was a high school teacher or if if I'm like missing some context for No, no. He I weekly get the urge to kill my boss, but when I listen to you guys, it keeps me going for another week. But he said, "Unfortunately, you guys haven't oh. had a podcast for the last week." And oh, I couldn't hold I myself back. I now he's, so he had to, he's he had to leave the country. So. Yeah, he had I to see. flee. Okay. If if we you just should... go a little south, you should see a couple Domino's uh, drones. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know yes. how it is. <laughs> but not should, a bad I should one. mention that uh, this review, I think, is from like a couple of weeks ago, but somehow just posted today. So when he, I don't know if it got held up in review or I don't know. iTunes is a is a crazy you know beast of dark magic, but so when this review was posted uh, or when this review was written, we had missed uh, unfortunately missed two weeks of the podcast. So I don't know. I mean, not only is is this like an unfortunate story, uh, but we've learned about this killing two weeks late, and so we probably can't do anything anymore. Like, there's no chance we find his boss. I mean, it just goes... Disposed of. Just let us know. I didn't realize we had that kind of impact on people, but, uh, I mean, it's apparent that we should just keep going with the podcast. Yeah, Uh, I mean, listen, we really do. We endeavor to do it every week, uh, but a story like this really does hit home. (laughs) Sorry, Jordan, you've been outdone this week. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) So you get all types. People trying to kill their boss. Yeah, I mean, listen. <laughs> if if the if if our podcast is the only thing keeping you from murder, uh, I have to <laughs> recommend that you get professional help. But for everyone else, uh, we will hopefully be back next week. Uh, so you know, hang on just another week. Uh, but that's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, we had a slightly smaller cast, but I hope you enjoyed it all the same. Uh, we do have, uh, like Brad said, we have some cool content going up on the site on Tuesday. And uh, so that will be actually when the audio version of this goes live. So if you listen to the audio, it's probably already up there. So just go visit kbmod.com uh, and check that out. Uh, we have content all the time, sometimes. You never know when. Uh, but So you should just check back all the time. Uh, because it will always be surprising and great. 
we also have <laughs> uh, <laughs> we also have uh, obviously all the social media uh, Facebook page. We post a lot of our things to Twitter. That's uh, where we're most active. Twitter.com/kbmodgaming. Uh, our Twitch channel, Twitch.tv/kbmod, and our YouTube channel, uh, YouTube.com/kbmodgaming. Uh, that's where most of it happens. Uh, you can follow us. Uh, we have at KDZen18, that's Z-E-N, uh, at Hutchison15, and I am uh, at Volition, that's V-O-L-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-T-I-O-N. One. One. One, 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, so until next time, we will see you later. Kono super ga hitori anime desu! Ha <laughs> ha